0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Faction Motorsports After Hours podcast. This is episode 3 of our final bout trip that me and Carl took. And on this episode, we get to sit down with Dave Lee, the owner of Toge Factory in Wheeling, Illinois. Dave's a huge inspiration for me, so this was a this was a pretty important one. I reached out to them and luckily lucky enough Dave was able to make some time in his schedule and it was pretty crazy cuz we 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 went there, nothing was going on. We were like, "Oh, let's just take a quick walk around the shop and, you know, then we'll sit down." And right when we went to go take that walk around the shop, we come back out to the main the main shop area and basically all of Front Street was there. Jimmy Oaks, basically all all of our friends were just there to visit. And we I was like, "Oh god, we might not be able to do this." But I was looking at Dave and then Dave came over to me. He's like, "Let's just go do this now cuz if if we don't do this now, we're never going to be able to like- Get time. So thank you, Dave, for making that time for us and um, letting us use the conference room at Toge Factory. It was a really nice setting. And yeah, if you guys want to watch the YouTube portion of this, you can. We have one up there. But uh, again, thank you, Dave. I mean, that, there's not much else to say. This episode is full of information for small business owners that are trying to get into this stuff. Um, as I mentioned already, Dave is a big inspiration for me, and he knows how important he is to me. And I and I really I really just want to thank him again for letting us do this. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. This podcast is sponsored by East Coast Drift School. East Coast Drift School is a driving school focused on learning the art of drifting. Conveniently located at the greatest drifting facility in the United States, Raceway Park in Englishtown, New Jersey. Raceway Park currently has three tracks, so you will have a few options to choose from when setting up your lessons. Chris Knapp, who is part of the Raceway Park family, will be your teacher as he guides you through car setup and technique. If you are more of a seasoned driver, East Coast Drift School is also the place where you can get some extra seat time. Chris allows private track time with no instructing as well so that you can get some test and tune runs in before that big event or competition you have coming up. Instead of spending the night dodging the police with your boys, consider signing up with East Coast Drift School the next time they release their schedule. Chris releases the schedule on the 16th of every month through Instagram. Make sure to check them out, give them a follow, and shoot over a direct message when you are ready to set up a date. You can find them on Instagram at East Coast Drift School. This podcast is also sponsored by Automotive Specialty Wraps. Looking to have your car ceramic coated or wrapped? Look no further than Automotive Specialty Wraps. ASW is a company specializing in paint protection, film, vehicle wraps, ceramic coatings, and window tinting. Owned and operated by car enthusiasts and drifters, their technicians have over 10 years of experience in the industry. They are located right off of Route 208 in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Other than window tinting, which is something we all need at some point, it was the ceramic coating that really caught my attention back when they reached out to us. This coating basically gives your car's paint extra UV protection while also making it shine. Wax only lasts a couple weeks at most, but ceramic coating lasts for a year or even longer. Honestly, this stuff is like witchcraft to me. Julian came down here one day to explain how it works and how it compares to wax, and I was pretty stunned. They perform a full two-stage polish to the car beforehand just to make sure it's in perfect condition before applying the coating. As mentioned, they also offer window tinting and paint protection film installations. Now everyone knows what window tinting is, but these guys offer carbon or ceramic window tinting, depending on your goals with the vehicle. Paint protection film or PPF is a great idea for those new vehicle owners that don't want to watch their investment get littered with rock chips. Also keep in mind, they are capable of getting liveries designed and installed as well as full vehicle wraps. From protecting your tow rigs exterior to full livery installations on your drift car, they have you covered. You can contact them over at AutomotiveSpecialtyRaps.com and make sure to give them a follow on Instagram at automotive specialty wraps.
1: We're good? Yep. Cameras are rolling. We are now on, I don't even know what episode we're on on this trip, but... I don't know either. Welcome everyone to the Fashion After Hours podcast. This one is even I don't know. I'm just geeking, at the, geeking out at the fact that we're here. We yeah. have Dave from Toge Factory. Yes. Usually we have a clapping track. I wish don't, I knew how to don't do try that. To, don't, don't, don't try to press it. <laughs> yeah, if I try, try to do that. We have a clapping track usually, but <laughs> yeah. um, I want to start off again. I've thanked you like four times, but thank you so much for your time <laughs> today to meet with us. Actually, it kind of worked. You're, you're a role model to my role model. So by association... Yeah. You are now my role model as well. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> yeah, me and Dave had a long
0: conversation last, one of the last final bouts, right? Yeah. And that, dude, that conversation was, like, the best thing that happened to me on that trip by a mile. So I just want to thank you for that. But, yeah, like, we, I've been working with you for a while now. So we, we get origin from Dave and all that stuff. So we've had a, I, it's kind of weird how time flies, but, like, I mean, you literally remote tuned my car, like. Like in 2015, 16. Yeah. How long have you guys known each other? <laughs> that's probably I would say that's probably it. Maybe like 14, 15. Yeah. So however long that is,
2: T- almost 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So. 10 years.
0: Yeah. And How? then I, I. Yeah. I mean, I don't know when we actually met, but like I was ordering parts from mm-hmm. you guys for that long. I would say. Yeah.
1: So, to listeners and because. Yeah, I sh- guess you they gotta should explain this the, shit gets listened to around the world, and I feel like not everybody knows. What TF Works is, yeah. So I don't know if you want to explain your company to the world. Yeah, I guess that would be. What question. is Toge Factory to you?
2: Uh, we're we're uh, <laughs> so so many things now. I feel <laughs> yeah, like. I feel like you guys yeah, do we, everything. Yeah, we do a lot of stuff here. Um, so first thing is we're parts distribution company. Um, so we uh, import parts from Japan, like origin. Okay. Um, and we have sole exclusive rights, distribution rights for the North American market. So we do that. We also have uh, house brands um, that we distribute. Um, so we have Sand Suspension. Uh, that's our own brand. Um, so that's also sold uh, under uh, Toge Factory, and we wholesale to other shops like Faction and other many other shops across the world. Um, and that's something that we just started. Uh, from scratch. I actually so, did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So we also have um, headquarters in Osaka as well, and uh, it's actually yeah, sold in Japan and what? Pretty, pretty popular. Yeah, that was the one
0: yeah. one part I didn't really know. I was like, do yeah. they have a, a Japan section of this or?
2: Yeah, yeah. So Takatori, uh, ex uh, D1 and Formula D driver, he's the uh, stance Japan, and he's also here this weekend to oh, drive. Okay. Yeah, so cool. he's the guy who's running the stance japan that's uh, insane yeah. to me yeah like, that's awesome has that
1: because okay I, I mentioned this earlier but tf works was one of the very first place i ordered parts from yeah. like and i think it was on ebay i might have yeah. we do we do have an ebay store yeah, yeah and it was this i'm talking like years and years ago mm-hmm. but i just think it's crazy that it has developed into this would you think that you would be here at this time like look at where You are, dude. Like, we just spent some time in your shop, and your would you call that a warehouse? Yeah, I'd call it's it kind of it like attached a, to the shop, so I don't know if it's the compound really a compound. This me. is a compound, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like,
2: yeah, we have uh, a warehouse that turned into um, so we do keep a lot of inventory here and in, in the warehouse, and then we also have a shop with lifts and all the equipments, and then we also have um, s- some the space um, dedicated to fabrication we have uh, two um, large rooms dedicated to uh, shock work so we have a shock dyno uh. and jigs and stuff to actually really? build, build shocks you, you didn't see that no, Yeah, no i didn't I, see that I, part. i, I don't uh, know no. what oh, yeah. i'm
1: looking at most of the time so i was just kind yeah, of enamored yeah. by the yeah. fact that For me, I'm like, I'm like looking at all the space. I'm like, okay, wow. Well, you're looking at it because this is like a business owner to business owner type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a different outlook. I'm looking at it as like, you've built kind of an empire, sort of. Yeah. You think about it. Yeah, it's, 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 oh, (laughs) (laughs) it
0: it is crazy, man. Like, uh, like, when did you start?
1: Uh, that was going to be one of my next
2: questions. I started hustling in 2002, officially launched the business in 2003. Okay. Yeah. And I started out selling used parts only. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. so, wow. Would you look at that? Yeah. So basically I was kind of like hustling in college. Uh, I, I uh, was already like doing group buys on Zovia and installing parts on my friend's cars on weekends and stuff. And I was like, already into it and it was a hobby and i was pre addicted to it so and um my dad's side of the family including my dad's they're all entrepreneurs so i just been around it so for me like once i got out of college i knew that that's eventually what i wanted to do so um i worked you know a couple years and basically saved enough money to start my own business so and then i basically uh Booked the tr- ticket to uh, Japan, tr- uh, plane ticket to Japan, and and just decided to go there because I didn't know how to get started. So I was like, I'm just gonna go to Japan and see what happens. <laughs> Dude, yeah, you told
0: me the story when we and, talked, and I was like, and that
2: what? was
1: earlier, early 2000s,
2: a rough. That was probably 2000, early 2002 or something. Yeah, before I officially launched. So the that business, So that was well
1: before, because I feel like everybody. Everybody makes it over there at some... I'm sure we'll make it over there at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. But you kind of... Probably early... That's super on. Early. Like, you probably still saw, like... Did you go to... Where did you go in Japan? Like, Ebisu and, like, all the shops The and stuff. red light district and... Everything. No, I'm just kidding. That, oh, <laughs> I was like, God. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> I was like... Like, this is taking our turn. <laughs> Whoa. No, no, so, my,
2: my goal was to basically... Uh, so, I... I I kind of had a plan. So I knew that um, um, I didn't want to just like launch another business selling same parts that everyone else is selling. That's too hard for me to get recognition and to, you know, start in something that's such a small industry Mm. back then. So I knew I had to do something different. And um, basically I was already like on Yahoo auctions and checking out UpGarage, you know, website and like just Google, you know, or just searching for used parts from Japan already. So, and I, I had no way to get it over here because back then we didn't have brokers, we didn't have um, English uh, uh, Yahoo auction and stuff like that. So it was impossible. How so. are you doing that? You're using like Google Translate and stuff? Just looking at pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Holy <laughs> hell. I mean, I wanted Nismo wheels and you just, you know, type in Nismo because the brand name is in, you know, English. Yeah. So, and then I also yeah. learned
1: that you had to type in, what, what was it? 5H. I didn't know that that stood for five holes.
2: Yeah, yeah. So and then 114. Kind of, yeah, you just kind of like Yeah, you're yeah, it together. Yeah, together. And so I, I knew that if I go to Japan and, you know, maybe find a shop or two and if I can gather enough used parts to bring here and because the parts in Japan at these uh, secondhand used stores were so cheap, I had enough margin to make profit and I thought it was a good way to start business. So I went there and, uh, literally didn't know a word of Japanese, didn't know anybody in Japan. I just went there just, that I is mean, insane to me. Yeah.
1: You're ballsy for that. I that's giving me anxiety right now. <laughs> yeah. No,
2: If I think about it now, I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> 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 As asked me now, I'm just like, I was crazy, man. You just had a and a, a go-getter mindset probably at that I, I time. I did. Yeah. It was like do or die kind of thing because I wanted to do it so bad. So um, so I just went and I just brought all my option magazines with me and <laughs> I just like had these little, you know, paper clips on every page that uh, 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 had shop address and stuff. And basically I went to the hotel concierge and said, just tell me how to get here. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I basically just, he would literally write down like, you know, like step by Arrow step, left. Yeah, right. exactly. But the nice thing was in Japan, the subway system is like so good that you could literally take the subway train and you could pretty much get to anywhere. Um, and that's what I what I did. I just jumped to pretty much like every used secondhand part store, and mo- most of it were Up Garage, and they're like a huge chain with hundreds of stores all over the uh, the country, and like. Um, they're like size of Walgreens, I would say, and it's just like stocked up to the roof with secondhand parts. And this oh, is I a place that spend hours. In yeah, this. yeah, and you just go in and you can bring like your parts, and then they'll give you cash for it. Or is there could,
0: anything like that in the states? No, like even with
2: American car. No, not really. Hey, like f- Facebook Marketplace, yeah, would be the closest thing. But yeah, it's no. You know what it
0: reminds me of when you talk about that stuff?
2: It's like uh, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work because um, the market's not. Uh, big here and also countries too big. In, uh, in Japan, okay. it's, you know, the whole country fits into uh, Lake Michigan and there's still room left. So huh. it's, Holy it, shit, would you put it that way? Yeah. 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 Like it. That's yeah. crazy. It's, yeah. Il- the state of Illinois is like three times bigger than the whole country of Japan. So just put that yeah. into perspective. So Fuck. it's very dense and it's very um, small. So yeah. they can have second-hand store, and then the parts can get traded Re- between yeah, the be stores, and, yeah. Yeah. and people can walk to the, or drive to the store, and, you know, trade parts and stuff, so it works in Japan, but it won't work here, it's country's too big. And, Do you
1: mind me asking what you graduated college with, or did you graduate college?
2: Uh, so, <laughs> so I initially went into college for biomed engineering. Okay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally! Shit. Yeah, I want to be
1: a parts dealer.
2: Yeah, I want to make cool stuff, but, you know. Like, what, what, so then you switched? Uh, so the reason why I chose biomed engineering was because uh, I wanted to make cool stuff. My parents wanted, you know, traditional Asian parents. So they wanted me to become a doctor, a lawyer and stuff. So please them. I was like, All right, I'll do biomed. So it's kind of like a you know, medical field, but I get to do what I want, which is make cool stuff. But then, as soon as I start taking some of the core engineering classes, I saw these Chinese and Indian kids with pocket protectors, and <laughs> they're on chapter twenty, and I'm s- still struggling with chapter two, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna make it." So <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, "I was like, I gotta get out of here," because you know, school wasn't it. You know, for me, I, I didn't really jam with the whole college thing, so I I just like changed my major to the most general thing, which is like business networking and administration some bullshit degree and yeah. it was like i looked at the core classes i was like yeah i could fly through these courses so i was like i'm just gonna graduate and do my own thing so um so i just chose business yeah how did, how did your parents feel about i was that gonna decision. ask that next because they're okay with it because yeah. they're still you know into business so they're like well um, you disappoint me because you're not gonna be a doctor but okay fine business is okay but okay. finish so, college that yeah, was yeah yeah
1: because a lot of our listeners we have a lot of younger listeners and some stuff that i always try to harp on is that i don't know so it it was it's it's ingrained in the culture that i was brought up in i'm not sure if it's mm-hmm. the same for you but like it's finish college now. go finish college get a job work that's kind of like the life it's right different
2: there. now i think because um the communication has evolved and also there's a lot of lot more opportunities just because of uh networking because through uh you know like these job postings and all these websites that you could, you know, look up jobs and find opportunities. Uh-huh. I think um, if I, I still think everyone should go to college and get a degree just because it teaches a lot of things about responsibility, making right decisions and just becoming an adult. I yeah. think that does that to you when you go, go to college. And it's kind of fun to go to college, too. Um, and But you grow up if you go to college. So I think, I think it it's, shows you stuff. Yeah. And. You could probably, and I think there's a good chance that you might not even graduate, you might fail, but you're still going to learn something from it. Um, if you fail, then you're just going to be in debt. So that would suck, but. <laughs> 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 but like, Yeah, and, and it happens. Yeah, it does happen. But I feel like if you're um, really passionate about something and if you're really good at it and if you think um, you can pretty much devote your life to something, just go for that instead, because. Um, with the way the current like networking and all the opportunity that's out there, someone will recognize it and they'll hire you. If you if you don't have a college degree, if you're really good mm. at something, and if you're talented and if you devote enough, enough time and you practice it like a lot, because if you're passionate, you're gonna practice it a lot, whatever it is. Mm. So then you're gonna be exceptional, and if you're that top one percentile, two percentile, um, the outlier of whatever that you know, that talent is someone will hire you and they'll take care of you Hmm. and things will happen and opportunities will come. So then
0: you got that experience on your, in your back pocket. So even if you have to go to another job or something, experience is super important.
2: Yeah. And it's, if someone hires you without a college degree, but they recognize your talent, that dude probably knows something about that, uh, field and he probably knows and understands where you're coming from. And he will make sure that he's not going to lose you because he knows something when, you know, when someone is hiring you for your talent, that person knows what they're doing. Yeah. So, and, they're, and they're
1: entrusting their, deci- their decision-making They're it's, it's like, you're the decision.
2: Yeah. College is basically, you're getting certificate for the things that you're practicing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a general, you know, like acknowledgement, uh, kind of like everyone's like, okay, yeah. College. If you get a degree there, then we know that uh, it's legit kind of thing. So yeah, like but, you should
0: know all this stuff.
2: But it doesn't mean you, just because you have a degree, you're exceptional. You yeah. just you just got a degree, but there's other people who are maybe just kind of suck at everything else, but they might be good at one thing, like really fucking good at one thing. But that person is just like exceptional, like one percentile of whatever that thing is that person most likely won't do well in college because he'll probably flunk English, he'll probably flunk this and plug pl- that and he'll yeah. probably won't even get a degree and he's going to get depressed and he'll probably never get a good job, probably end up at a McDonald's, probably never get to do what he practices. But if that person um, has someone who's like more experienced be like, don't worry about it, just keep practicing what you're doing, just just devote your life to it and go for it. You have one chance at this and, and just, you know, you got to take it and if you do it exceptionally well... Someone will recognize it, and some things will happen because no one's gonna like ignore talent yeah that's just not gonna happen So yeah. I think so for me I think um, you know if you if you recognize something and it, and if you pa- have that passion and if you have this like um, obsessive personality to basically practice something for hours every day and y- you know that you're better than most of your peers at it just keep doing it because brother you're gonna get really fucking good at it and you'll probably end up making more money than you would go to college so yeah that's yeah.
0: A good advice because I've seen a lot of people say that that and that basically that are in your position where mm-hmm. you you did the same thing you did you push for what you wanted to do and now you're here yeah where, you know you, you probably think back on it too, and you're like, what if imagine I didn't do this That's shit? That's
1: what I was about to ask. Like, like, are there things you would have changed during your journey to where you are? Like from O2, I mean, you came back from th- that trip and what did you do? You just hit the ground running?
2: No, no, no. So yeah, so back to the trip. So I was like jumping from shop to shop and no one spoke English. Everyone's <laughs> like, yeah. every, like, And I was like, I was like, I wanna buy like a container full of stuff, and they're like are you crazy? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I was like, God, this is really hard, you know, like. Yeah. Container. Yeah, like, I want to buy it, like, shit, like, the whole, lot. whole fucking store, you know. Yeah. And they're like.
0: It's so right. crazy, because, like, that wasn't yeah. really happening.
2: And no one was doing this. So, yeah, yeah so I, I was, basically, everyone was, thought I was crazy. And then eventually, like, you know, after, like, probably five, six, seven, eight shops, I don't know, I can't remember. Uh, I ended up at some up garage store on the like farmlands, whatever, like way outskirts of Tokyo now. And, you know, I don't know where I am anymore, you know. And the manager at the store, like, spoke perfect English. I'm like, oh, shit. And that was those were exact my words. And that's exactly. my. I would have been like, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, yeah, it was like sense of relief. Yeah. And then I'm like, bro, just listen. (laughs) I have this idea. (laughs) I have money. (laughs) Okay, so I'm not here to bullshit. Yeah. And I'm young. I'm hungry and I'm trying to do this business. You got to trust me on this. Like I want to buy everything in your store, (laughs) but you got to help me because I don't know what I'm doing. You know? So I've never done this before. And he's like, wait, so you want to buy like, like a lot? Like I'm like, yeah, a lot. Like
0: Like, like fill up a container a lot. Yeah.
2: Like, like a container, a lot of stuff. And he's like, (laughs) well, then I get a bonus. So, of course I'll help you. And I was like, all right. High five. And then I'm like, OK, so I went to all these stores and wrote down everything that I saw in these stores because not every store has what I want. Yeah. So I'm like, how do I do this? He's like, easy. Just go on the computer and just, you know, find the stores and the items that you want. And it'll be here tomorrow morning. I go.
1: What? So you were driving. You were <laughs> not. Maybe you weren't. Were you driving? No, you're, no, you're, was, you're training. You're taking a subway. subway
2: yeah, walking, subway, whatever. Dude, how do you yeah. even fucking figure that out? Yeah, that, and then now this guy is just like because Japanese yeah. people are so nice. Yeah, they just like I literally run into people on the street and be like, "Please help me <laughs> here," and I point to the magazine and they're like, "Follow me." And then thirty oh, wow. minutes later, they're walking. We're walking in silence, and I'm like, "Yeah, this guy's <laughs> gonna like take me to a corner, rape me, and rob me." <laughs> and then we ended up at the fucking store. And I'm like. We just walked for 30 minutes in silence because there's a communication barrier. And he just said, point to the store. He's like, garage. Bye-bye. And he walked away. And I was like, oh, my God, dude. I was like, I'm going to give you money. He's like, running away. He's like, (laughs) no money. I don't want money. Bye-bye. Nice to meet you. I love America. And I'm like... What the fuck just happened? <laughs> Dude, that
0: shit would never happen here, man. Dude,
2: like you think at New, least you New think Jersey. I'm gonna trust somebody that, in New Jersey and, walking and me that, around? And that happened multiple times. That's so crazy. And so every time I talk to someone, I'm like, how long are we gonna walk? Yeah. Because I don't want to walk for 30 minutes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but so so then you found out that. You can centralize all the parts.
2: Yeah, so it made things a lot easier after that. Wow. So how about the, like, container part? Yeah, yeah, how the hell are you going to arrange that now? After I bought all the parts, uh, so I told the guy, I'm like, all right, I have um, all these parts. They need to be palletized. And then they need to be, like, all packaged, you know, packaged up and stuff. And then I need to get it to the container um, yard and have the container shipped and all the stuff, like, Do you know how to do all this? Because I don't. And he's like, "Yeah, I I went to school for this." I go, (laughs) "Wow, wow, holy fuck!" (laughs) Some things just line up. Yeah, that was just like my lucky day. I'm like, "Are you serious? Like, you can't be joking?" Because I'm, I'm leaving in a couple days back to America, and I'm trusting you all this. Yeah. He's like, "Okay, I'll take care of it. Have a safe trip." And I went back home, and I was like, came back home, like, I had this like feeling really w- bad feeling i'm just like i just spent all my yeah. savings and i just trusted this one random guy in japan because he spoke english <laughs> because <laughs> he spoke english and i met him literally for two days yeah and uh, i don't know if i'm getting my parts <laughs> and yeah and then yeah i got the you got him okay yeah, so yeah, did you so did you like pay him to ship it
0: th- there yeah yeah
2: of course i had to pay for the um, the shipping so he and basically took stuff. care of
0: everything and then went home and we're just like, yeah.
2: And he, luckily he actually ended up, uh, you know, knowing how to do all this stuff. Like he was actually studying to be, uh, in like trading and shipping and all, all the stuff. So he knew, uh, how to do customs brokerage and all yeah. this stuff. So I was going to say, that's yeah. like the
0: most confusing thing that I haven't gotten into yet, but like I dipped my you, toes you need, in it and I'm like, Oh Jesus. Yeah. Christ. You can't
2: do it yourself. You need, yeah. you need a professional, you need a broker to do it. It's yeah. Just a lot of paperwork and you just got to know what, like certificates and bonds and stuff like to buy and stuff. And, and some, the worst thing that can happen is you can spend way too much money for what you're like trying to ship. So, yeah, okay. I mean, nothing bad will happen. You just probably just get waste, a lot, money. Yeah. You waste a lot of money. Um, so you get so, all your parts. Yeah. <laughs> so what? I got, so <laughs> 2002 I get the container and I have all these parts. Like I have um, all the, the work, uh, multi-piece wheels which
0: and these are all used parts mm-hmm. okay and
2: work wheels wasn't even in the u.s back then so um so i had these like work vs you know kfs and like all these wheels with tires still decent uh conditioned tires and um i was like selling a full set of vs kfs for like 1400 bucks with tires
1: um oh my god 2023 could never that's like a Hol- pair now right holy yeah, shit yeah.
2: <laughs> and i was like man is this too expensive you know and yeah because like, you don't even know what to you don't even know how to price it, right? Yeah, exactly. Because I, I knew, like, I did my, you know, my uh, whole, like, I covered my cost. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out my margin and stuff. And I'm starting out, so, like, I'm like, I don't want to, you know, go too crazy and have people, like, flame me for it. So I was, like, selling a set of um, uh, Watanabe's, uh, like, 15 by 9's, zero offset for Corollas for, like, 900 bucks for a full set, you know. <laughs> That sounds insane, right? <laughs> yes. It, does. Yeah, it yeah. does.
1: Because that is Okay. But it's 2002. I think so the the the, so. the out of those two products you named right there, right? You obviously knew your market because Watanabe's
2: Yeah, BSKF. A, because I was an end user. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. were shopping for yourself. Yeah, basically I bought parts that I wanted and basically I, I knew like how much i want to spend yeah. on these things so it was, that was pretty easy it was just like hard for me to know what that you know because i wanted to make yeah. money and i didn't want to like cross that line where it's like oh man this guy's trying to sell too much money it's, it's, and whatever so it's also hard yeah. even
0: today to do that when you're importing parts because yeah, a lot yeah. of these brands don't have
2: but i didn't have experience so i was like yeah i but i don't want to also undercut value myself because i didn't want to like that's it like seem like yeah.
0: That's like the biggest fear. Yeah, it's like I just import all these parts and gave them away, and I didn't even yeah, realize it.
2: Yeah, and I brought like, you know, good parts, not broken parts. So yeah.
1: Um, Did you find success in that first container? You were like, okay. It was here hard. It, is. it
2: was hard to convince people to buy from me because everyone thought I was bullshitting. Hmm. So basically, 2003, I wanted to do it legit, so I got business license and all this stuff, and got my company legal. And okay. And I made a, uh, and back then you had to hand code the website, so I had to learn quickly how to program a website and <laughs> built my first website and a Dreamweaver and hand coded everything. Oh my god! And then I, <laughs> and then, I, I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> and then I went to uh, uh, Office Max and bought um, business cards that you get on a one piece of paper and it has perforated edges. So you could print and then you could rip them off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I made a bunch of those business cards on my inkjet printer, <laughs> and then it sounds funny now. Is it? But, yeah, no, it's cool it, to go through. Like it, I'm literally though.
1: looking at this beautiful sign behind you, and I'm like, "This guy's talking about perforated business cards."
2: Right yeah, I mean, dude, I'm that,
0: still thinking about doing that. That shit's cheaper.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but like that, then, it was a different time. Yeah. So what I, what I did was I, I, I would rip it, rip it, uh, rip, rip it out, and then I would carefully trim the perforated (laughs) edges so it looks like a legit business card yeah because you could kind of see the jagged edges and you kind of know it's like oh is that perforated like yeah so i kind of like trimmed them so it looks legit that and, um, and you
0: you had the name toge factory at that point
2: yeah yeah okay yeah so and then uh basically i went to the first club fr meeting uh and basically handed out my business card and go like check it out i've i've I have a business, yeah. I have a website, please buy my parts. Was Were you always
1: <laughs> in this area, kind of, like in this Midwest? Uh, I was in the
2: Midwest, but I grew up in Wisconsin, actually. Oh, okay. And then uh, went to college in Minnesota. And okay. And then when I went to college in Minnesota, my family moved down to Chicago, and, and 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 I really liked Chicago, so I was like, yeah, I'm moving there. So after college, I came here, and yeah, that's where I've been. So, um, yeah, and then initially no one wanted to buy anything from me everyone thought I was bullshitting and yeah I was just sitting there I'm like you know with my little crickets around me just <laughs> chirping and I was it's like it's just you still yeah just me point. just me yeah so holy it was holy like, dude I was like how do I get people to buy because like everyone thinks I'm bullshitting and then um, Brian Kohler was my very first customer um, he's known as Crab Spirits uh, so he just calls me out of my, out of nowhere and he's like hey I, s-, and he talks in this like his own voice which is like borderline monotone ish and he's just like hey i need that gp sports uh or no mine's ecu and i was like yeah i have it here and he's like yeah i have my sr you know swapped on and they didn't send me the right ecu so i'm just sitting here with the car fully done but it's not running i was like yeah i just mine's ecu it's like you know has some tune on it but like it's for your setup so it'll work and he's like all right I'll be there in 30 minutes. And then he shows up and he's like, wait a second. What else do you have? And I go, there you go. And I show him everything I have. He's like, what is that? I was like, that's a Kazama tension rod. I'll take that. What oh, is wow. that? That's a GP sports uh, bumper. I'll take that. I need that. That's a Sylvia bumper. So I need that. Uh, and I go, do you need Because I have like every brand of coilvers <laughs> yeah. here for an S13. And he's like. Which one's the best one? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe the GP Sports one. I don't know. And he's like, okay, I'll take that. (laughs) He's like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I would. And then I had a 17 by 9 Watanabe RS. The multi-piece
1: looking? Yeah, yeah. But it was a
2: 17 by 9. And it also uh, was a four lug uh, bolt pattern. Oh. Good offset. Like 17 by 9, like plus 20 or something. And I had a full set with tires. And he's like, he saw me just like. I'll take those. <laughs> he basically Damn, he made a he built a car. Yeah. yeah, he basically bought everything there one day to finish his project. Uh and then and he was like a local guy? Yeah, 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 Okay. He's uh how do you hear from
1: because one thing that I wanna stress to the listeners is it's not although we're talking about how he's making deals, you're there's no Facebook marketplace. Yeah. There was no Nothing. Yeah, so I went so to a platform
2: meeting and I handed out business cards and he was at the meeting.
1: It's all just word of mouth at this time mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like maybe a forum. You, what forums
2: were you? Were you on the forums and stuff? Or maybe I, I was, but even on the forums, it was worse because then... People are
1: probably torching
2: you. Yeah, I just <laughs> just came out of nowhere and I had yeah. all these like cool Japanese parts on the website, so it just looked like a...
1: Scammer. <laughs> scammer, yeah. it's so, crazy.
2: So it was really tough and then as soon as Brian bought it, Next thing I know, um, all everyone at the meeting was calling me and they're like, hey, uh, Brian told me you actually have these parts there. I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> like, what did you think? Like, what? And then, yeah, one by one, you know, uh, they all trickled in and, you know, guys like Simba showed up and bought some 15-inch uh, wheels for his car and, uh, you know, and then some other guys showed up and then next thing I know, I'm starting to sell parts and, yeah, that's how I got started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and crazy. then it flew, and yeah. now
1: we're here in your beautiful facility. And you were, you said Club Fr
0: meeting. Is that what you said, or what did yeah, you say? Yeah, Club said? Fr meeting. Yeah, that was around back then. Like,
2: yeah, that's when they started. I think. Okay. Yeah, they started same time as me. And was it was it drifting then too? Yeah, it was it was, it was about dr- drifting. Um, so the original guys that started was Rob Ryder, Phil Lee, uh, Simba wasn't. I don't think the main guys. He was just. Like yeah, he was in one the group. of the younger yeah. guys, probably. Yeah, yeah. So. It was Philly and Rob Ryder, and uh, those two were kind of like the original guys that you know founded the group and uh, wanted to like start this group and have something you know related to drifting and maybe have some events and stuff. So. Because, like, it was, drifting wasn't really known, and you couldn't really do it at autocross, or you get kicked out, or, you know, shunned upon, so... Did,
1: were you already driving at this point? Like, did you have a car, and, like, yeah, was a part of that scene already? I had a, a I had
2: an S13 with SR Swap and stuff, and, but I wanted to, like, build a nice car for the shop, so it's Like I, a demo. Like, yeah, so I took it all apart, and, like, it didn't run for, like, many years, because I was, like, so focused on business, so...
0: Sound familiar? Yeah. Sorry, I yell at Frankie for this shit all the time. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. So
1: everybody, stuff. Life is happening. You know, you're working. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're not doing anything.
0: Yeah, that's not your same car though, right? That's not the original.
2: That is. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah, the silver hatch. Yeah, yeah. Original car. That's your holy shit car. Yeah. So your whole life. Yeah. So I've bought that uh, in end of freshman year in my college in ninety. Seven, six, or something like that. Bruh. And then I've owned it since, so... <laughs> when, Carl, was, when Carl was born. I was
1: fucking two.
2: <laughs> so it's almost 25, 26 years I've owned it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. You were the
0: second owner, I guess?
2: Yeah, second owner. Yeah,
0: yeah but the, like 90s... That thing was probably 97. certified pre-owned, dude. Yeah, literally.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: So you kind of you kind of know what it's like to have a brand new S13. Like, in a way, like, not brand, brand new, but... I,
2: I bought it from a construction worker, so... It was beat? It, it had coffee, uh, like, stains everywhere. It had cigarette burns in the seats, and uh, it smelled like a construction worker. <laughs> <and> so, <laughs> no. It wasn't in the best condition, and that's why I got it, because I got it for cheap from a Pontiac dealership. Okay. And, okay. <laughs> and they thought it was a front-wheel drive and all this stuff, so <laughs> I had to actually... Sh- had them crawl under the car and showed them drive shaft and i told them you know you're a pontiac dealership with more tractors on the lot than cars no one's gonna buy this car off of you yeah just get rid of it to me and i'll take it today and i think they're selling it for like seven or six or seven thousand and i talked them down to 25 that oh day oh my god i'm sorry Wait, 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 wait wait, 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 wait. <laughs>
1: Seven thousand down to twenty five hundred. What kind of negotiation skills are we talking here? I, I
2: was That's... I was desperate. And I really <laughs> wanted it, and I basically convinced him that it was the worst car <laughs> on their lot. On their lot, <laughs> yeah, I and, guess so. And and basically, I had one of the uh, sales rep. Um, confessed to me how long it's been there. And it was like sitting in there in their lot for a year. Oh, and had, no one has even like asked about it. Oh, so oh that, that yeah. sales. Once right you find out, up. it's over. Yeah. I'm like, just do the math. All the all the, the, the taxes and the whatever you guys have to pay to keep this thing on the lot. You're probably losing money on this. Yeah. Just get rid of it. I'll take it. And he's like, all right, we're going to have this paperwork that you're going to have to sign. And basically, it was like, once you buy this, no returns, no warranty claims, no nothing. Like, you can never come back to us for anything. Yeah, we never want to see you again. Perfect. Signed, signed. Perfect. Perfect." I'll (laughs) gladly sign this. Dude, how how much were those cars going for then? So new they're selling for i think back then like thirteen thousand, but mine was a base 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 model yeah it had the crank windows i see the no no sunroof sunroof, nothing it was was a slick top yeah Yeah, so it was like the cheapest of the 240 model and so it was 96 97 so it was 91 so it's already six seven years old so it depreciated almost half so it was around like six thousand when i Went to the dealership to buy it, so and then and the mileage was probably and I was just broke as hell, so I was all I got in my pocket was like around probably three four thousand, so I was like, I need some money for food and books, so oh twenty five hundred <laughs> is all I got, so I gotta convince this guy that you know this is not the car that they want to have in the lot, and I, yeah, I was there for a while and basically, <laughs> I think they got sick of me because I was like, I'm not leaving until you sell me this car, <laughs> and I'm gonna convince you to do it because this is. This is the worst thing you could have in your car. No yeah. one's gonna buy it. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> dude, it's
0: it's fucking pretty cool but, to find out where by, that car came by from. By the end of the day, they're
2: like, they're actually. As I was leaving, like, thank you, thank oh, you for yeah. taking the car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I convinced them so bad that they're thanking me at the end of the day. Like, imagine, thank you, and don't come back ever again. Yeah. like, get get out of here. That's crazy.
1: Twenty-five years you've had that car, dude. Yeah, that is like almost a staple in your business.
2: Uh no, I just like it. It's got a special place in my heart. So I've owned a lot of S chassis, uh, or you know, I like built and sold a bunch of them. But this one, I'm probably gonna keep just, just as like one of those like special, sentimental kind of thing. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's a like special place. Are in you my a heart, sentimental?
1: So. Are you a sentimental type of person? Not at all, but
2: mm, this one, I think I just like for whatever reason, that just because yeah because I've just owned it for so long and you know it it kind of like got me into you know where I am so I was just like, interesting but I'm not yeah, I am if someone wants to buy it they can buy it Whoa! So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everything has a number <laughs> yeah
0: but I mean 240s are getting more and more expensive so I, yeah. I always tell everyone like there's no problem keeping your car around because you're probably gonna get, end up getting more money later
2: what what I learned over like many years if you ask me like maybe 20 years ago I've been like you're crazy I'm never selling this car but it's it's better for your soul and your mental health to be not to attach to objects and things yeah yeah not too too attached yeah it's just better yeah huh.
1: I'm trying to figure that out yeah me too well yeah. I had a problem where I wasn't at all like I'll just be able to sell a car and I'm like nip, 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 nip. yeah and now I'm like I don't know. I, I appreciate little milestones I get through. I have an IS-300, so mm-hmm. it's like I had 240s, and now I have this. And, like, I always try to th- – now when I think back on it, the 240 to me is, like, a, that was fun. Like, yeah. I, I try not to harp on it because then, yeah, it will depress you pretty pretty quickly. I feel like you're like, ah, th- th- things are different back then. And I mean, it's okay
2: to be attached to something, but just don't obsess or, like – say things, you know, that you'll regret, yeah. you know, stuff like it's just, it's just a car. It's just a thing you can buy another car. If you can replicate it, then it's not that important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's like obsessing over something and trying to perfect it. Like, oh, I don't want to get a new truck cause I want the perfect truck. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just get a fucking truck so that you can do the work and do, get, yeah. what, get what you need to get done. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what
2: I mean? At, at the end of the day, like, you know, not too many people care about, you know, your important things it's not important yeah Yeah. there's more important things i'm trying Mm -hmm. to learn that and
3: i
0: think i think owning a business helps with that too because it's like you're kind of pressured to do things a little faster sometimes Mm -hmm. and like make decisions Mm -hmm. so you kind of can't be that in in that mindset where it's like i want to keep this like for sentimental reasons and this and that but i
2: think in general a lot of people do have this kind of like wanting to you know have certain things in their life that that want to claim that the, as their own. And it's just like a human nature, I think. Um, so I think it, it's okay, but like, don't get too crazy with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and for sure. Just be like healthy with it. Then you're okay. Yeah. S- so
0: 2003, 2004, you're selling parts now to everyone. Mm-hmm. What's the next
1: step?
2: Yeah. Like, so did you just so, keep doing that? Uh, No, it wasn't sustainable. Cause um, eventually So I was doing it for about a year and it was really tough because I was trying to start my business, but like I was kind of like still trying to figure out how to do it consistently because when you're buying used parts, there's um, other people in Japan that want the same parts as you. So sometimes if I wake up and like try to order the parts next day, it's not there. Or sometimes like... I'll order it and tell my guy, be like, hey, can you get this by tomorrow? And then he's like, oh, sorry, someone walked in the store and bought it or something. Mm. So, Because uh, a lot of parts that I wanted were like really cool, you know, S-chassis parts, which was also very popular during that year. Yeah. So, um, so it was very difficult and very hard to sustain the consistency. So I did continue to do it for a year, but then I quickly realized that I had to come up with a different, you know, a strategy to be more consistent and make a sustainable business so um so basically the word got out that um i so i was like one of the first ones to have a running sr swap in the midwest um and basically the word got out that yeah i had a sr that was running and stuff and this was just when the sr and the 240 start getting noticed and people are starting to kind of look into it so some people were like starting to import SRs, like half clips and stuff and trying to do it. And no one could like figure out how to do the wiring and stuff. So um, yeah, basically I got calls from people and asking me to finish their projects. I, I had uh, local shops basically kind of contracting me and. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bringing me into their shop. Like a side so hustle almost at this ba- point. Or did the, you, attra- did you incorporate it? No, the basically these like local shops had customers cars sitting there for like months. Cause it's, the motor just drops in, but the wiring, there's no wiring diagram available yet, or there's no FSM. So, yeah, and these shops didn't know anything about wiring, so they didn't know what to do. So, uh, once the word got out... Um, Where the hell did you learn how to wire...
0: That's what I was about to say. Yeah.
2: What? I just figured it out. That's, self-taught. <laughs> it's just crazy because yeah. it's
0: like... I hope people understand how ridiculous that is to be saying that in 2003. Just yeah. self-taught. Like It wasn't like when I was getting started and we could go on Zylvia and find everything
2: like uh, you couldn't find anything. So I had to basically figure everything out. Yeah. yeah that's so that's insane. why like I was getting calls. And luckily that kind of yeah. helped my business, uh, another medium to kind of focus on. So I was generating some revenue through that. So, and then, uh, eventually the customers would, customers ended up finding out that I was the one who finished the swap. So then the word got out, and then the customers actually wanted me to do the whole swaps. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even have a shop. Like, how am I going to do this? And then um, at that time, I had a friend that um, also was um, into this stuff, and he also had an S13 Sylvia with a running SR, and and he wanted to open a shop, but, you know, he couldn't. And But we were good friends, so I was like, give me, like, a year or two, and if I, you know, don't close down, then... Most likely you'll be the first employee, you know, so and, and and a year later I got busy enough where I was like, yo, Eric, come work w- with me because I'm getting like too busy and I have people asking for swaps and stuff. And he's like, oh, I would love to help you with that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, Did you have and, a
0: place to do it at that point?
2: No. So he would take the customer's car to his mom's garage. Yeah. <laughs> and do the swap there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, dude, that's how everything, that's how it all starts. Yeah,
2: so, and then I would, you know, go over, and after work, and I would just, like, help him wrench, and, yeah, and then, basically, you know, that's how we started, and then, uh, and then he ended up, yeah, becoming uh, first official employee, and we start to work together, and, uh, yeah, and long story short, I had to pretty much stop doing the UpGarage thing, because, basically, the manager got caught, kind of, and, Japan said, you understand how the secondhand, you know, parts work, it has to kind of recycle within the Japan, if you oh. keep shipping all the cool parts to, you know, United States, we're not gonna have cool parts to sell here. So you're like, oh. no more. So wow. he, he kind of got shut down. And he's like, David, I can't do this anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I was like, it's cool. You know, that's fine. So that must
0: have been a pretty stressful moment for you or no? No, I was relieved because okay. I was like,
2: I was like, how am I gonna continue to do this? It's so hard, you know, because the time zone difference and uh, the consistency. Whether ends there'll be months where I'm like, there's nothing, yeah, nothing okay. For you know, sale. interesting. You yeah. know, that I want to buy it's like no power FCs, no cool wheels, you know, no body kits. Like it was like dead, you know, dry. And then some months would be like so many parts, you know. So it was like not consistent enough. So I was like, yeah, this is too hard. And you um, had the kind of like you had like the SR swap thing now going yeah yeah so that was keeping me busy and then, okay um, and because of the SR swap I needed to um, have you know parts to finish the swap so we start carrying like you know certain brands like HKS Blitz and these kind of companies and because they had uh, like SR downpipes and exhaust and stuff so <laughs> what, what so. year
0: was this around you think
2: this was 2004, so okay. Um, no one stocked anything, so I had to like basically convince them to bring in these SR parts, and they're like, "Why do you want SR downpipes?" Because I was like, "Trust me, like in about a year or two, you're gonna be stocking like hundreds of them." Yeah. So and then so <laughs> and,
0: Depot started bringing in sr 20s at some point, right? And like all those engines, because
2: yeah, I think 2004 was when everyone started like you know searching for SRs because it's. Like, I think it was a Super Street article that came out oh. and had uh, Mark's Slide Squad's car. I think I've seen that. Yeah, and basically um, showcased uh, Mark and... Uh, I forgot the other guy's name. It was two guys with uh, SR Swaps and they had a whole article about you know how SRs were stock engines in Japan and we got the truck engine and yeah. the US version and, and then I think it blew people's minds because most people didn't know that. And the fact that these engines were in the car originally. So basically when you swap the engine, it's not technically a swap. It just was meant to be there. Yeah. So if you bring the whole front clip in, you just drop the whole swap in and it's running. Literally the hardest
0: part is the wiring. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. So, but if you bring a half clip, you know, you basically just extend the wires to the right side and to uh, to the left side and you can make it work. So, um, yeah, so that's when uh, the... The whole drift and the sr boom started was like late 2004 and then i think right around when the boom started was also my first big break with uh origin oh wow Uh, yeah so basically origin i think started in like 2003 in japan and they're like this new startup company that was making like super affordable drift body kits and they only had aggressive line at the time and but they had this like cool advertisement with candy apple red cars on uh, all matching colors and like cool advertisement. And the price point was like right on target. And I was like, I gotta hit these guys up because that's a kit I wanna put on my car. Yeah. So, and I think if they're that cheap in Japan, even after importing them here, I could still off- offer the kits at um, affordable price point and still make profit because uh, in 2004, your options were Bomex. Irbuni and Sea West and Bomex was ugly <laughs> Irbuni was ugly <gasps> I'm trying to think you're
1: a an kid lo- Oops, and now I and
2: can... now everyone wants all that and Sea West was in my opinion ugly too but it cost 2500 so oh uh, yeah yeah and even Bomex was like fifteen or $1,700 so um, basically it, it, like you couldn't make a 240 look good like it, yeah. and it was too expensive so and come on like stock 240 is not the best looking car no so
0: <laughs> you need side skirts
2: yeah it needs everything so once i saw the ad i basically emailed them and basically try to like convince them to like um for me to distribute to the north america and all the stuff and think i i negotiated with them for several months and then we basically uh worked out a deal and basically i imported my first container of origin body kits and and at that point um i was like almost two years into my business and i pretty much spent all everything i earned at that point into the one container and i was like yeah eric my my employee i was like if this doesn't go well you might have to go back to circus city <laughs> And I might be flipping burgers. So, yeah, dude. I know that feeling. So I was like, this is all in. So I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I'm just crossing my fingers. This whole drifting thing. And 240, this like interest in 240 is like legit because we got to make this shit work. Dude, yeah. you're a risk taker. But you kind of have to. Yeah. 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 And
1: I and what's funny is is that I've literally asked Frankie. I'm like, what's the biggest risk you've ever taken? I think it was on one of the podcasts or something like that. Mm-hmm. But. Like you took such a safe route, was, and I'm hearing yeah. this, and you're literally—yeah, that's crazy. You're literally shit. gambling, yeah, because information wasn't nearly ac- nearly as accessible. You didn't really—I feel like you you probably didn't even really know how it popular drifting really
2: was. I, I make it maybe sound like high risk, but at at that point of the business, the fuel was there, uh-huh, or the fire was there. The overhead wasn't there either. Fire was there. I just had to supply the fuel. Huh? The the 240 interest and SR interest and drifting interest was there. It's just no one wanted to buy the car because SRs were uh, hard to attain. Uh, you couldn't really make a 240 look good because every 240 on Zill via Forum just was like lowered on box Springs with 16 by 8 wheels with 35 offset. So everyone's like, why would I want this? I have a cool Honda uh, Civic and S- Civic SIs were like, the most popular car back then so and
1: like yeah. the em1 yeah
2: yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah, are, yeah yeah the, the the electric blue with white wheels yep. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's literally
1: like the first I've, car i've ever felt like yeah a every
2: asian kid in my college owned civic si electric blue with white wheels and i was just like
0: Fucking hate were you kid. like targeting drifting the entire time
2: yeah i was obsessed with it wow yeah that's so, so interesting
0: yeah, yeah like it, it's that's even more dangerous to do. As yeah, as because <laughs> I feel
2: like a lot of
1: a lot of what the goal of, of some businesses is to see how wide of a target audience you could get. And
2: yeah, so you focused, fo- instead of that, you kind of focused on it. Yeah, because I didn't know anything else. <laughs> I was obsessed with 240s. I was obsessed with SRs. I was obsessed with drifting. And that's all I knew. I didn't know anything about Civics. I didn't care for them. Um, and... All my friends had Civics and Integras, and they all were on nitrous with, what was it, LS Frankenstein Motors and shit. like. I was oh, like, yeah. yeah, the yeah. LSV. Yeah, and yeah. I, was like, I was like, man, your car's kind of whack, man. Like, <laughs> it's, it sounds like shit and blows up like every other month and, you know, whatever. I was like,
1: I don't know how you could cool. have that and think that drifting or thinking that an SR car is whack. How is that possible? Yeah. <laughs>
2: like, what? Yeah. It seemed a
1: little backwards to me, especially now. So
2: I was just obsessed with it. Yeah. I was obsessed with uh, Japanese culture. I was obsessed with drifting because it was so different than anything I've seen. And I was just like, yeah, I was addicted to it. So I mean, that was
0: like, it was really starting to pick up in the US around that time, too. Like, that was the first, like.
2: Yeah, yeah. So this was like when, you know, there were doing the d1 gp japan versus usa and stuff and they had like first event in 2005 or something and yeah like we um
1: did you attend those like the Irwindale stuff? yeah we, i went
2: to those events too Damn. so yeah so basically um yeah back to the topic i got the origin container and same thing happened you know i called up every sh- shop uh, that was like selling parts or Selling 240SX parts. And I was like, hey, I have this like body kit called Origin Lab, and they're like, you know, thousand bucks. Or uh, no, I think back then it was probably even cheaper. Yeah, it was like 900 bucks for the full kit, and I have it here, stateside already, 900. Yeah, I think that's what I was selling for. I can't remember, but oh my God. Or even cheaper. I think it was cheaper personally. Maybe 800 or something for the full kit. And I was like, I have everything here in my warehouse. And no one fucking believed me. And no one wanted Why to buy Why is this it. so
0: hard to believe? Because he's the first one doing this crazy because shit. Because no, <laughs> one,
2: no one else did it. No one stocked body kits. When If you order a COS body kit, you have to wait six months. And then maybe you'll get it. Because back mean, then, a- COS was distributed by a company called MotorX, who was importing also GTRs, and that eventually... The owner stabbed somebody and went to jail or whatever. That's oh. a whole different story. Holy fuck. Oh, yeah, I know <laughs> that story. Wait, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> you can Google that on your own time. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's we will skip over yeah. that. But yeah. the yeah. I don't know, anyways,
2: man. um, so no one stocked anything for 240, let alone Japanese brand part that was affordable, that was high quality, and all the stuff. Like it sounded too good to be true. So I literally had to uh, I think like maybe first couple shops, I actually told them I'll ship it and you don't have to pay for it. Once you get the part and you see it and you like it, then pay me. Damn. Like I was literally begging. You were taking buy- it. That see that yeah. right there. That's taking a chance. And then, uh, but I, I didn't, it didn't happen like that because they're like, are you serious? No, no, I'll pay for it. You know, I was like, oh, I believe you now. So I'll just order one kit and see what happens. It's only 800 bucks. So some people were just like buying it just because like, you know, I was bugging the shit out of them and like brought it in. And next thing you know, Dave, I need to order 10 more kits because as soon as I brought it in, that shit sold right away. Everybody loved yeah. it. And then next thing you know, like for two weeks, I couldn't get, I couldn't literally give it away for free. Two weeks after, my whole container sold.
1: Holy shit. Like within shit. a week. And so you, there you go. You caught a wave. Like what, did that feel like a break for you? Like you were like,
2: yes. Uh, it, it was like a relief because I, yeah. was, I was stressing. I was like, dude, I have like, and then, yeah, like. I didn't even have a warehouse. I didn't have shelves or anything. So everything was like, <laughs> like we took a bunch of two by fours and hammered a ghetto shelf without any <laughs> codes from the city and stuff. Like it was yeah. all ghetto. And I was sweating. I was sweating. I was like, yeah, I kind of fucked this up. You yeah. Know? Well, like, you
0: took a chance and you were seeing, you were like, I don't know if this is going to fucking work.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, but eventually like a couple of the shops bought the kits and then they saw how good it was for how little price it was. And then, Next thing you know, like me and Eric were shipping out like literally like 15, 20 kits a day. Um, and that's all we're doing was just just running around, like trying to figure out how to box up kits and yeah. ship out these body kits. And like, I had to like find a box company to make me body kit boxes. Cause no one had bo- <laughs> body kit boxes back then. So I had to like custom make boxes and stuff. And it was crazy cause it happened so fast. And then, and then I was like, you know, contacting origin japan a month later i'm like i have to order another container because i just sold my first container and they're like and they didn't believe me they're like <laughs> oh, fuck. What are you talking about like you sold a whole container like, <laughs> you just got the container i'm like for real like i need to order another container yeah. they're like for real i'm like yeah it's like okay i'm coming over to us next week we need a meeting and i was like oh wow and, and I was like, wait, it don't. got real. I'm like, don't come, <laughs> don't come. Cause my, you're going to be disappointed <laughs> yeah, with what you see. I'm yeah. like, my store is like not even a story. And I was so embarrassed. I'm like, why do you want to come? <laughs> you don't need to come. We can email. Yeah. And they're like, no, this is good. Like you're selling even <laughs> container. Like, I want to come visit you. I want to meet you. I thought you were just a fat rich Chinese guy. I'm like, no, I'm young and I'm not fat. Yeah. Or Chinese. Or Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, how old are you? I'm like, 25, 26 they're like, for real? I'm only 30. Then we got to meet. I'm like, no, don't come. Don't come, don't come <laughs> here. I'm like, I'm like honestly, like, it, you're going to be disappointed. He's like, don't worry. Don't worry. Like, we just started to. So, like, it's perfect. And then they literally showed up a week oh later. My God. What did they say? What, what was that interaction like? They're, oh, first thing they say was, yeah, they're never coming back to America. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as they got off the plane, they're like, oh, you're David. Please show me the door. And I'm like, what? Please show me outside and I'm like something wrong and we're running outside and they both fucking grab their cigarettes out and like <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> So no, sm-
1: that was after, so uh, that was a no could, smoking flight. Yeah, because so, <laughs>
2: yeah, both guys they, they smoke like two packs a day and like in Japan airports they have like designated smoking areas inside the <laughs> airport and stuff U.S. doesn't, right? No. Yeah, and it's very strict. <laughs> like, you came and smoke on the plane. Back then, you could smoke in the Japanese uh, planes, like, in the bathroom and stuff. So <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, times wait, were different. Actually? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So, a lot of things changed. Yeah, so, they're both struggling. When you're smoking two packs a day and you can't smoke for about, you know, 20 hours straight, you it's probably Jones and yeah. so hard. Like, they they didn't even want to talk to me. They just told me door, yeah. door, and, and I you didn't like, know what was going on. I thought they're having a heart attack or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I go outside. He's like, "Are you David? Are you David? Who's David?" I'm like, "I'm David. Are you okay?" He's like, "Yeah. Do you want to great? I'm like, "No." <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're like, definitely not,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, dude. And they're like, "Yeah, we're never coming back to America." I'm sorry, but that is the truth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the meeting went well, obviously. So.
2: Yeah, yeah. So and they, they, they basically came because they're a startup company and they were actually also just kind of like struggling. And then boom, like as soon as they started working with me, they also got like pretty popular in Japan too because you know the quality and the price point and stuff. And then next thing you know, you know here I am also kind of blowing you know their mind with what we're doing. And well, you
0: you probably like you were probably selling them faster than they were possibly. We were. We're yeah. actually. Really?
2: Um, yeah. We're selling more than they were initially. Because their market so, is like
0: flooded with aero yeah. compared to ours. They're,
2: they're like trying to break into the market. Yeah. I was like, too good to be true. <laughs> yeah. And then once the the word got out that, yeah, he's not, David Lee's not a scammer. And then it was just like, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I need to order a container like every month. Like, you know, it was crazy. And then, yeah, that's, that's what happened. And then they came in, they're like, Hey, like, you're not a fat Chinese rich guy that we thought you were and you're gonna like you know we're gonna be good partners and I was like yeah bro like yeah bro yeah let's do this you know and he's he's like five years older than me and so still young like in his 30s and I was like I think 26 or something so I'm still young and hungry so and he saw like you know how hungry I was and he's like yeah let's you know it's so interesting
0: to hear how Origin USA was started and
1: Damn, dude, I did not expect that. I didn't that. know that you played in, like, a pretty equivocal factor. Yeah, like, if you didn't come into the
2: picture, what <laughs> do you think would have
1: possibly happened?
2: I think if I didn't land that contract or make that happen, I think the drifting boom wouldn't have not been the same because as soon as the word got out that this Origin body kit was here, um, that's how, like, Fat Lace got their big break because their uh, Mark Arsenal hit me up and I hooked him up, you know, told him how to, like, you know, do cool setup with wheel fitment and stuff and yeah. told him to pull the rear fenders out and so you can tuck like you know big wheels and stuff and sent them some body kits to make his lot car cool and he was like all over the place you know because yeah. he had like the coolest looking you know uh, 240s and then uh, the drift alliance guys were you know kind of like had this like um thing going with their name and yeah group of like 10 guys living in together and hustling trying to become this drift crew and stuff and they're like pros whatever but yeah. all their cars looked ugly and then I was like yo Vaughn and uh, Chris Forsberg and all you guys your car's are ugly here's some <laughs> body kits please put it on you know That's please, awesome. please make it look cool and then you know, Vaughn and Chris all those guys rocked our body kits and then next thing you know they're all over the magazines and yep. people are paying attention to them and and uh, and then now 240's became desirable and all the Civic boys now crying and they're going <laughs>
3: 240s are cool you know? uh, <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: and then yeah and then next thing you know the the whole 240 thing took over you know and it was like upside down overnight and everyone wanted to know something about 240 they want to know everything about srs and all the stuff and then yeah. it happened very quickly and yeah next thing you know you know companies were bringing in sr parts and you know so back then uh the the first downpipes that we could get our hands on are Blitz downpipes, and they're about three hundred ninety dollars.
1: Okay, I would definitely be yeah. able to. I would say that I would buy that immediately. Yeah. So that's I just like the same price right now, and it's Blitz.
0: <laughs> like they're still well, not that crazy, right? Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe yeah. not five hundred. Well, it's but... because
2: Megan Racing didn't have the seventy-five dollar downpipe yet. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once Megan Racing offered their downpipe, then it yeah, yeah changes the story, but. Um, yeah, so that's basically how it happened. And I think I kind of add, added fuel to the fire and it definitely like you spread. Know, yeah, it got the fire going very quickly and um, it changed the image of 240 because now 240s became really cool. And next thing I know, you know, people are, um, you know, like trying to replicate the my my cars and some of the cars i would build and stuff they're asking me like how do you do that like look you know because honda civic guys weren't doing flush fitments yeah i was like the first one to like show people like how to have that fender uh parallel like wheel fitment and wheel kind of sticking out and stuff and people are like how how does that work does that (laughs) rub like i don't understand i'm like yeah, it's it's a two forty. You got to get a two forty to do it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Were you and, seeing a lot of that? Was your inspiration a lot from Japan? Yeah, so I got the the fitment from watching old school um, uh, Japanese videos. And yeah, uh, there's like this one uh, option DVD where there's um, uh, this uh, famous one eighty SX owned by uh, itai San and. Um, Is it the
1: red one? The uh, fitment
2: guide one. Maybe it was red. Yeah. Yeah. He also owned a blue one, too. But basically, they were like, even even back in that video, too, they're like poking at the fender because yeah. it had like a pull on yep. the rear. That's, that's the one. the tire's like l- literally like touching the fender, but it wasn't. Yeah. And they're like, oh, does this not rub? And, and they're
0: showing it, you like under compression. Yeah. Like, it it was, goes in. they put in. a
2: camera to make sure it doesn't yeah. rub because he's like, it doesn't rub. He's like, we don't believe you. we yeah, yeah, put a yeah. camera here. And they, they made him drift, you know, the Ebby Sucors and like, oh, it doesn't rub. Like, yeah. And I was like, huh. I got to try that. <laughs> and, uh, I spent, like, a whole night, like, and I had, like, so many wheels with different offset because I was bringing used parts. So I was just, like, all night, I'm, like, 17 by 935. Put this on. I'm, like, compress it with a jack. I'm, like, oh, it clears no problem. Wider, wider, wider. Nine and a half? Yeah. Okay. Ten? <laughs> okay. It's starting to rub. Okay. Now I got to pull the fender and then learn how to do that. Pull the fender. Ten. There's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get greedy. Pull it out a little more, ten and a half. I'm like, oh! put it on Zovia. No one believed me. Yeah, I like, like I fit a
1: ten and a half yeah. wheel. Yeah, yeah. And then they're probably like, yeah, fitting a ten and a half is gonna take extensive work. <laughs> yeah, extensive yeah. And body Dave, work. D- then yeah. Dave is there like, ah, yeah, no, nah, check this out.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I literally, we literally just saw the car in the back. Yeah, which is Dude, the coolest w- part. Beautiful car.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. Then,
2: next thing you know, like, yeah, everyone was like. Trying to replicate that, uh, you know, yeah, the yeah. Whole yeah, hella, yeah. hella flush, quote and, unquote. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then the, yeah, Mark Arsenal at Fat Lace. Yeah, he really took, took, took it to yeah, the next level. Took that trend and made the hella flush website and then start posting all the cool cars with that really good fitment. And then that's how hella flush became uh, a thing. And then
1: it's literally like you, you're you literally finding out how the stance community. I know. Began. I'm, <laughs> yeah. okay, so I'm, I'm 28, I got into the car thing when I was, like, 8 to, what's 2013? So, by the time that came in, people were just saying, like, hella flush, just to say hella flush. Yeah, like, when I got I into I really mm-hmm. never really knew, never really yeah. knew the origination of that, never knew that it had a actual, like, purpose, it wasn't, like, it wasn't to describe.
2: A, yeah, it wasn't a thing with Hondas, you know? Honda yeah. guys were just fitting, I uh, can't remember the wheels, but whatever, like, preset wheels and, they were all like sunken in by like an inch and stuff, but you know, no one was doing anything other than that. So it was was, like cool to do that. But then, you know, I wanted to like replicate Itai San's car and all these like old school 180SX that was like, you know, featured in option magazine and stuff. So I basically just kind of like home garage tested and, you know, figured out how to do it. And I just posted online, like, here's how to fit, you know, 18 by 10 plus, you know 30 w- wheels with 265 tires and everyone thought i was crazy yeah i was gonna like, say yeah. people probably still being like yeah. i don't really believe yeah. you. yeah and then, but then once i showed them and like you know told them how to do it and next thing you know everyone's doing it and even mark you know at fat lace was like yeah like what what size can i fit and how much <laughs> pull do i need and i literally gave him instruction how to do it and he built the car and he just took it to the next level and You know, and he probably made a fortune off of selling T-shirts with Hella Flush logo on Yeah, yeah. That
1: was a massive thing. thing. Yeah. At least, I don't know. The fact that it was
0: big over by us. Yeah, it wasn't,
1: and it wasn't, like, uh, it wasn't immediately associated with any specific brand or anything like that. Hella Flush was, in my opinion, I was just like, ooh. Yeah, it was like a
2: lifestyle brand. Yeah, you're
1: you're a stance guy, like Hella Flush.
2: That's what Mark did really well was he just recognized a trend and what was like being uh talked about at the time and he just took it and you know went with it and just marketed the hell out of it and you know and he coined the term illist and fat lace and hella flush all that stuff
1: so, oh my god those yeah. those stickers were yeah every dude big. thinking back those license it. plate frames dude i had a fat lace sticker on my windshield
3: at one mm-hmm. point. Oh my yeah.
1: gosh yeah. dude yeah. Yeah, god Mark's, damn Mark's well and, I, that's yeah. funny how you just describe Mark, because Mm -hmm. when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, is that's really what you did, too. Like, but for some reason, I'm like, you were, at the end of the day, you you just loved it so much that I feel like you just chased after it, and you caught a fucking big-ass wave,
2: and now you're here. I just... Hate it seeing all these ugly ass 240s. <laughs> <laughs> I just want. We people, know how you feel. Yeah, I just want people <laughs> to like make it look good because I I didn't want Civic guys to look at a 240 and go, eh, you know, I will then go, oh shit, I want 240. You know, so I was like, guys, Zylvia guys, listen, I couldn't post on Fresheller because then I'll be grilled by really Elitis going, the engineering book says, you know, the geometry of the curve of the toll gain also gets messed up when you do stuff like that. I'm like, <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'll just go on Zovia and tell the guys how to do it. So. <laughs> that's another thing. Like, we're, like
0: we're talking about all this stuff that happened back then. It's like you guys seem to really share information very freely with each other. Why not? Yeah, and I feel like that's something that feels like it kind of changed a little bit over time. But
1: yeah, I was going to fast forward a little bit because it's not, it's not a secret. Yeah. Eventually actually, someone will figure it out. You so. wanna? Yeah. Do, how do you feel about how sometimes nowadays? It almost seems like people are gatekeeping information, which kind of sucks, or like I mean, trying to at least, or at least if, trying to. If yeah. it
2: it's if it's something that holds value, then yeah, maybe you should keep it secret. But wheel fitment, yeah, like, I mean, someone's gonna figure it out. Like, there's only anyone can do it. Yeah, there's like, only so many
1: values. You I just can... want
2: to all the two forties in the world to look good. So <laughs> yeah. I was like, and people are just dumb. You're so, just doing God's work. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, you know. Joe Schmo on, you know, Zilvia said 17 by nine plus forty five is the perfect wheel fit, man. So that's what I'm gonna do. I go, No, idiot, then your car looks like Joe Schmo's car, which is ugly. <laughs> do it my way, put seventeen by ten plus thirty with two fifty fives, and it's gonna look beefy. <laughs> like you're gonna get all the boys <laughs> licking their lips. <laughs> yeah, that's how it always ends up being. Damn you're not going to get chicks with cars. Nope. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, um,
1: that is a huge misconception for anybody listening who thinks any of this is going to get you girls. You better stop now. But if you're a girl, it will get you guys.
0: Oh, yeah, it will. It will. Yeah, it will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. for the girls listening. Yeah, definitely.
1: But I think it's incredible that, yeah, you. it went from that to, like, now you're here, and I feel like I want to kind of – connected to move the conversation towards the future where we're at, Really
2: condense what i'm telling you so there's yeah. a lot of hard work yeah and there's yeah there. and
1: so, i don't mean yeah. to i just know we have some sort of a time constraint at least mm. where we want to keep it yeah but the the increased popularity of the sport is something that we've been talking about a lot recently mm-hmm. just because social media has a big aspect on it technology has a big aspect on it
2: Drifting,
1: uh JDM cars in general, mm-hmm. you have quite a plethora of them outside. <laughs> like, yeah, the like a very wide awesome. array yeah. of them. And like it's just it's just interesting to see how that obviously affected your company. Like, now you're here. Mm-hmm. This place has multiple offices. Frankie's room has a <laughs> why S. you gotta keep comparing it to my shop. Because, like, <laughs> You guys hold the same values, and I really fully believe in your company. I don't yeah. work for Frankie at all, at all. Yeah, but I believe in your company. So and what I are
2: you like you're his bitch or something? Yeah, he's my boy. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm his husband. But no, uh, we're married. Yeah, I'm
1: a friend that yeah. I met Frankie. I thought he was scary as fuck, mm-hmm. and like he had a 240. I had a 240.
2: I was scared of Frankie too. It no, might? you were yeah. Really? No, you weren't. <laughs> oh, okay. But God I was probably it. I was probably scared of Dave. So that that's coming over here, thing. he's like,
1: "Dude, we're literally going to like my role models place," <laughs> and I'm like, "Are we? We
0: just did a Josh from Proceed his yeah, yeah. his podcast, mm-hmm. and like at the end of the podcast, it got it got a little bit emotional for the first time ever because I was like explaining to him like he has my sticker on the back of his car, mm-hmm. and I was like, "You don't understand. Like you were the guy to me and my friends." Like you were one of our role models because we wanted to like emulate that street style drift culture thing mm-hmm. so like to see my sticker on your car is kind of fucking crazy mm-hmm. like it's it's really weird, and then like we did that podcast, whatever, and then I was like, "Fuck, now we gotta go do Dave's podcast and I'm like <laughs> I'm like you're basically the business side of it for me in mm-hmm. a way yeah. like i didn't I didn't know about Toge Factory that well when we started, but then mm-hmm. like once I found out about origin, mm-hmm. then I was like, oh. Toge Factory, and I started like really looking into, it and I was like, okay, that's literally like my dream, <laughs> like Toge Factory is my dream like job or company to have. Yeah. So it really, uh, yeah, you're definitely an inspiration for me specifically, but probably a lot of people. I was gonna say, like, to yeah. even
2: that, that talking, means a lot to me
1: yeah, to hear you. that you were at 26, because again, I'm 28, and a lot of the pressure right now is that you know I don't want to run out of time. Like, I'm young. I feel like I should always be pushing, doing something. Mm-hmm. And, like, to hear that you're you grinding at that age like
2: that, handling international relations. Yeah, that's, like, yeah, because, that's insane. But dude. that was because I didn't want to have a regular job. So, I was, yeah, I was like, I was like trying to do something on my own. But it was so difficult because there's no guide or things that you could look up how to start your career in business. Like there's like
0: 14 million videos of that now on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
2: All those videos are uh, like, I don't know, kind of generalized in my opinion. So you can get some good things out of it, but um, at the end of the day, you have to do what basically look at it this way. You're going to be doing this for a long time. You're going to to be good at something and if you want to be successful, you have to invest a lot of time. You have to practice it. So if you don't enjoy doing something and you can't do it like Monday through Sunday, uh, like working 14, 16 hours a day, then don't do it. It's not worth it. But if you go, that sounds like fun to me, I can do that. Like I could literally live at work and just do it for the rest of my life. Then just go 110% and just work, 10 20 percent more than what you're capable of Mm. just push your limits and things will happen
1: are you satisfied with where you currently are like are you happy looking back that you made the decisions that you made like
2: like would you think that this is where you would be um so i set my goals and my goals were that eventually one day i'll have like a warehouse full of parts and uh, my own brands and I'll have a shop too with the amazing showroom. So, and mm, that was, that only just, seemed like. <laughs> like, I'm trying to yep, think of what's outside. Done. Like, yeah. And, 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 you know, when I first started, I was like, man, that seems so hard and like, that seems impossible. But that's
0: where I'm at right now.
2: Yeah. And, and, and eventually, yeah, I worked hard and um, it happened, but um, it was a lot of work and it was, very painful (laughs) um i mean like first uh two years um i had a sleeping bag at work and i pretty much slept at work uh and i would just fall asleep in front of my computer because i had to learn a lot of things right away so i just slept at work because i felt like if i went home i couldn't get anything done um I still have a sleeping bag, but I haven't used it in many, many <laughs> okay, years. Okay, thank so. God. I'm, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, still I'm here. literally thinking, I'm like, I hope he doesn't
1: still do this. Yeah. Like, I, uh, I have
2: a sleeping bag in my little attic, just in case. But yeah. <laughs> yeah I, thank God I haven't used it. So, uh, <laughs> but that's pretty much, like, my mentality in the beginning. And mm. and if you want to do something, you're, you have to sacrifice something for it. Because, I mean, let's say if you want to be an athlete, like that top one percent outlier of athletes you know you want to be the world's best Um, you you have to invest a lot of time you have to practice a lot and you you have to focus 100 percent you're not gonna just go to a you know basketball court and be like i'm michael jordan because i feel like today i can shoot and dunk you know it's not gonna happen like you have to work hard at it same thing with anything you do like you'll have to practice it and you have to invest a lot of time so choose your passion and choose wisely and once you and you'll you'll know like when when there's a calling and when there's that addiction and obsession and uh that feeling of like that fire you know um you'll know like that's your calling and even though people might discourage you because i told my idea to my parents and my parents thought i was crazy you know they're like i can only imagine yeah so and even my friends were like don't do it don't do it what are you doing you know and and I was like yeah I'm crazy as fuck you know (laughs) (laughs) I'm like but I'm young you know I can still go flip burgers at McDonald's and make things happen so yeah I can I can hustle so I wanted to try it I wanted to do it while I was young when I didn't have too many things to lose I had nothing to lose so and I had ideas. Uh, of course, I, don't be stupid about it. You know, Yeah. Have plans and goals and um, set the, set, uh, you know, like maybe realistic but maybe not so realistic, you know, goals and... So you, know, you, can, plan hit, it. So you can
0: hit those goals. Yeah, you, you
2: kind of have to have a drive to like... So I, I would set like five-year goals and then, you know, try to achieve it before five years and I would set another five years or something like that. So I would set long-term goals and have kind of plans, uh, to get there and, and, um, yeah. And then you kind of have to really like, um, go for it. And I think if you look at all the successful people and athletes and all these, um, you know, outliers, uh, in anything, it doesn't matter, business athletes, whatever. Um, at one point in their life, they just like went 110% and went for it. Like, whatever it is. Yeah. And that's pretty much, like, what I did was I was like, man, I really don't want to be working for somebody and have, like, you know, climb the corporate ladder and stuff. That's just not for me. Um, so I got to make this work. And if I do it, I only have one chance at it. And But I really like this stuff. And I'm, I think I'm, you know, pretty good at it. So I was, like, you know, considering all my options. And, you know, of course, I did pros and cons and whatever and i was like yeah i think it's worth the pain and the suffering i'll be going through and i was like if i'm gonna do it i'm just gonna go full out and i was like book a ticket to japan and (laughs) force myself to do that even though i was scared as shit because i didn't know what i was doing yeah
1: i I, I wish we could like talk to you at that moment and yeah like what the the hell was the decision making like i don't really but i don't know i i work a normal desk job Mm -hmm. currently Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying I'm dissatisfied with that.
2: So, on the other note, some people doesn't do well with this kind of thought process and this kind of uh, um, thinking. Mm-hmm. And there are people that I would say, like, yeah, if, if you don't feel like it's in it's in you or if, if you don't have these kind of desires and you're not strong enough to suffer and sacrifice things, then... Yeah, make the smart decision and choose wisely your path, and it's okay to just live like- normal. I say, <laughs> I say this. I I don't want to say thing. normal, but no, yeah. no, no. That's yeah. that's the live live more, um, li- live with more security. Yeah. yeah so, because then there you have less chance for ups and downs, and there's less stress and less, uh, you know. So you can also do other things you know that you might enjoy so yeah, yeah nothing like, wrong don't, with like that.
1: don't ruin your life is what you're saying <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> over this yeah yeah so right if you don't no yeah and true, i get what yeah. i agree
0: with everything he's saying and i said the same thing to my friends that work normal jobs probably carl would be the best example because you're doing something that you're not passionate about but you get to like you get to do it, that. It,
1: it fuels the stuff that I am passionate yeah, about. Yeah. And when you leave work and you clock out, you don't need to worry about it anymore. Yeah. That's just like a
0: very big thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which I've noticed. So and-
0: yeah, like that's that's my most important thing. Cause when I worked at Nissan and stuff, like when I left work, I didn't give a fuck about that place. I was like, <laughs> I'm clocked out, and then I was and then I would clock in a faction and worry about that, you know? Yeah. But if I didn't have that. I would just be free to do whatever whatever I wanted to do. And that was like really nice. So there's really good positives to not being in this position. But if you have that, I feel like if you have that drive and that fire or that passion for that certain thing, you're going to end up in a business owner position anyway. I just feel like
1: I've been gathering random skills and tools throughout my entire life. That would literally, it's like the perfect storm. And there's a part of me where I'm like trying to find that opportunity. Like I'm looking for it. We and can I always, feel like I shouldn't look
2: for. Yeah, it. I think most people in their twenties are lost. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's true. I was, it's I true was as lost. fuck. Yeah. Said, I don't really you. know what to do. I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. Like honestly, like when I made the decision to go to Japan, I was like, just desperate. You know, <laughs> I knew if I didn't do it, You'd I'll just it. be sitting here going, "What if?" You yeah. Know? So I was like, I forced myself into an uncomfortable position because every time I feel comfortable is when I feel like I'm stagnant yeah so even to this day i tell myself once i start to feel comfortable i'm like i I get anxiety when i'm comfortable i'm like oh everything's running great everything's perfect i'm like (gasps) i'm panicking i'm like why (laughs) why is it great (laughs) why is everything working something must be wrong (laughs) something must be wrong yeah you know then then i I go okay let me double check everything because yeah there's probably something wrong
0: that's the key to progressing too though yeah Yeah. and having that mentality.
2: Yeah. And I, it's just the desire to be better and, you know, just keep going. So yeah. you know, to answer your question, I, I no, I'm not satisfied. I don't think <laughs> this is where I want to be. Like, I still want to improve. I, there's million things I still don't think I'm good at. And I, I still think we need to improve on many, many things. Like, yeah, there's so many things we could still do better. So, that's so yeah. interesting to hear. No,
1: yeah, no. it's Well, it speaks to your character. Yeah. And like, I think that's...
2: So once in a while when you know you guys show up and tell me I'm doing great, I'm like, whew, okay um. It is not. Yeah, yeah it's nice to hear that too. Yeah. Now yeah. go back. Now get get going.
1: Yeah stuff's out there not gonna happen by itself. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, no, but like he's right. Like the fact that you just said that, people are gonna be listening to this and be like, There's no way that those two losers coming in and telling him that is he's doing a good job made him feel anyway. But no, it really does sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. because because a lot of people don't I don't know. Like, it takes a certain person to say that, mm-hmm. and it usually is very honest, you know? Yeah. And when we're saying it, obviously we're being honest. So it's like... Well, he doesn't... You don't know
3: that. The he way he
0: thanked me before, I, I understand it. I, oh, this, I, this is me. Yeah. yeah. This is, how I <laughs> think. This, this is yeah. me as fuck. But, like, <laughs> I've experienced the same thing where someone will come in, and, and they'll be like, dude, like, take a minute and look around and just take in what you've accomplished so far you yeah. have
2: to understand too like we're a business so we're expected to do the right things we're expected to supply good parts people expect when they bring cars to us to be perfect when they leave um it's just given only time when, when i communicate with customers when there's something wrong uh when things don't go a certain way or you know something happens with the product is when we communicate with we don't we rarely get customers call us and like we, I fucking love your part, and yeah. the packaging you shipped was amazing. And you know the way you made sure everything was on time, like that was amazing. I just want to call and thank you for that.
0: Yeah. That and when that tonight. does happen, you're like, "What the fuck? Yeah. What's yeah. Wrong with this guy? All right, yeah, this know? is the wrong <laughs> number, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so
2: most of the time, it's like, dude, like, where's my part, or like, I got a defective product, or you know, I got a wrong part, or you know, something wasn't right. You know. So yeah. So it's most of the time, it's just like you're dealing to solve problems. So rarely do you get confirmation that you're doing a good job so once in a while it's nice to hear even from you know a customer is like hey you guys are awesome like oh thank you yeah <laughs> no, yeah, 100% so, yeah. Um,
0: we probably have a couple questions for you from listeners so I'm just gonna yeah. go through those perfect yeah. you yeah, read so my can, mind and yeah I don't wanna keep you here so well
1: first of all the t- the fact that the fact that I, we see you smiling to me I'm like alright <laughs> he's he might be panicking a lot but it's nice to see somebody doing as much as they do, and they can still smile. Yeah. To me, that that's important. Like, yeah. when I make Frankie you laugh, that yeah. shit's great. He's used to me. That's what he's talking about right yeah. now. Because yeah. when Cause Frankie, I always look miserable. Work, work is. Frankie is a lot different than outside Frankie. Work Frankie is always... I'm that person who's telling him, like, yo, what the fuck is going on right now?
2: No, <laughs> no. If I'm in the work mode...
1: No I, one's gonna stop you.
2: I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty stoic. So, yes, yeah. yeah. Stoic is the best <laughs> yeah, way to put it. Yeah, that I, is a good I, word. Yeah, <laughs> you I'm, are a stoic motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, you're not gonna see me smiling in my office. Yeah, I'm, I'm, pretty stressed.
1: Yeah. So. Well, this is. Then this is. I'm very grateful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, outside of work, I'm pretty chill and yeah, very, very laid back and, uh, you know, I, I'm, most of the time I'm. Do, fun you, do you still playing. find
1: time for yourself? Like, do you have hobbies outside
2: of cars? Yeah, yeah, actually. Aside I try from to, cooking.
1: We had like a 10-minute, 15-minute <laughs> co- conversation heard, yeah. about cooking before.
2: No, as I get older, uh, I'm probably old enough to be dad, by the way. So. Hey, <laughs> you don't look it, though. Yeah, yeah. so uh, my time is very valuable, so I f- try to focus a lot, of, lot on my own self. So, um, you know, I do, uh, yeah, I do a lot of sports and, um, spend time with people and, you know, normal things. So you have like, you have
0: other hobbies outside of cars.
2: Yeah. I try to, because it keeps me sane and also, um, gets me not so desensitized because I I look at so many car stuff and cars and stuff uh, over time, you get desensitized and, um, you've struggled to find inspiration sometimes. So for me, um, I have to reset uh, to keep that fire going. So I have to tell myself to like disconnect and do something else that's completely different. So I try to do very normal things and I try to do very not so exciting things (laughs) just so that because here it's like over... I'm overstimulated, like with too many things. So um, yeah, outside of work, I I try to be as boring as possible. So yeah, (laughs) so I do things like cooking. Yeah, Yeah. I play tennis. Okay. Uh, I go like outdoorsy stuff, like hiking and stuff. Like yeah, I do very boring stuff. Yeah, that's I can relate. Minus the tennis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: That is literally everything Frankie does. Yeah, yeah.
2: Like (laughs) I go work out and stuff. Like I try to self better myself. Yeah, yeah. Health is important, so I do, you know, I try to keep in shape and, like, stuff like that. That's, like, basic.
0: basically I've been on that wave for the last year. I've been doing the same. Like, I'm going hiking every week. I I try to exercise and stuff. And, like, it does keep my mind, like, it. well, keeping, like, little goals like that, too, setting little goals is really important. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it does keep it, keep my mind more fresh. Because, like you said, you you go to the shop and you're surrounded by all this shit all day. Mm -hmm. So, and then you get someone like Carl that comes in and wants you to be so excited about drifting and I'm like yeah. dude I'm
2: I mean it's still fun yeah. so I I still enjoy very much and I still get excited you know when uh we have something like we have some uh, really cool exciting products uh that we're going to be debuting uh soon and it's going to like um it's going to be really cool so it's going to be like world's first like thing so yeah um so like i'm really excited for those things and you know whenever uh we're yeah just making cool parts and stuff or you know we finish a project or something it's still very exciting so yeah i still enjoy the process and i still like the challenge and all the things that come with it yeah Yeah, so
0: that's good to hear and some of these questions in here relate to products Mm -hmm. that i wanted to get into but since we're on such a short time i'm just gonna Read one of these questions, and we'll get into it from that. Yeah, sure. But um, basically, someone said, uh, well, Alan, Alan Kyle said, let's talk about the K-Swap stuff. What's the future of the swap for street use? So that's a big thing you guys have been into for the last... Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you guys... Pi- I, yeah.
1: I'm, yeah, I would say, yeah. I would say Pioneer just because yeah. you made it available to the masses. Mm-hmm. For front-engine rear-wheel for drive. For front-engine yeah. rear-wheel drive
2: configuration.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, what? Like, what was your... What was your thought process with that? And was it you or was it someone else that?
2: Uh, so, I mean, it was like many of us. So basically um, we had an employee here that was, um, and, and it's today too, and he's a, uh, he's a tuner. And um, basically we hired him to um, build engines and uh, help out with the shop work and stuff. And uh, he saw all the SRs that we're building and and all the SRs were coming in with similar symptoms like um, rod you know spun bearing um, <laughs> like, yeah um, lifters breaking and damaging the engine and you know just common SRs things you know and and you're just like god like the motor's so fragile and the parts are you know not easily attainable and it's expensive and and the motors they don't even, like, make that good of a power. You have to do so much work to them. Um, and he's like, man, like, you know, if you guys, like, knew about K24, like, I could do miracles for you guys, you know? And he's just, like, telling me about how good the K24 was. And I was like, what, what is a K24? This you know, is kind of coming
0: full circle now. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, the Honda people. <laughs> the Honda people. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: And I was like, oh, I don't know, like, anything about the K24. And, and then... Um, I just kind of like listened, but I didn't act on it. And then, uh, so my younger brother Mike, uh, he works with me, and and he's like um, has a badass S fourteen Time Attack car, and he's just plagued with problems because he's pushing over five hundred and he's driving hard with it. And he's still SR, still well, not anymore. But oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and he just would be building his motor like every year it would just have problems so it was he would break and fix it break and he's just like fed up with it and he was like getting depressed over it and out and he's just like yeah what about k24 like i'm interested you know and next thing you know um we're like looking into k-swap and um you know what requires to be converted and what things need to be shifted around because they're mounted uh sideways and a front wheel drive civic and they need to be you know facing you know front and back Uh and a rear wheel drive car so we're like everything has to be flipped and stuff so um and then the oil pen on the k24 is like like 12 inches like it's a foot tall or something like super big so it wouldn't clear the subframe and stuff so we're like man like we gotta make all this shit ourselves yeah um and that's pretty much how it started we just got a k24 block and then next thing you know we're starting to uh, make prototype parts uh, motor mounts and we got the motor in and we're like okay next thing is oil pan and you know we have a fabricator so we're like all right let's make an oil pan yeah. <laughs> this is like a huge yeah. snowball effect i hear about to go yeah. down yeah. yeah and then we started looking at the transmission and we had to make a trans adapter so the trans
1: is the part that scares me I'm like, yeah how yeah because that transmission up. a f- honda transmission is like this big yeah, and then a FR transmission is longer, yeah. like and and we're the using, bell house. We're you know,
2: using so. uh CD09, the yep. 350s. Yeah, you know, I right? heard. So, yeah. yeah, so if it clears a tunnel, um, so it was just a matter of just getting everything straight, lining everything up, making the shifter position um, where it should be the OEM location because we want we didn't want to mess that up. Mm-hmm. Um, so like yeah, basically long story short, it took us about a year, and. And, that's so short,
3: yeah. like that's so
0: fast. And that was for that was for
2: S chassis application. Yeah, yeah. And uh, along, uh, I mean, we actually developed the kit sooner than that, but we had to test, and um, some of our parts uh, failed, so we had to revise it, test again, fix it, make some of the parts, um, you know, redesigned to make it better, stronger. So we probably had like three variations of oil pan until it worked. And then we changed the motor mounts a couple of times. Uh, yeah. We even tested multiple transmissions, see which one is the best option for people. Cause we also want to make sure we chose a transmission that was affordable. Uh, it was so the right fit as mm-hmm. far as gear ratios go to run with the final gearing on the S chassis. So, um, so there's a lot of things we had to test. And, and then we drove the cars uh, on the street and on the track to make sure everything worked. So, did Mike's car
0: um, pretty much become the test dummy? For, yeah, yeah. He, yeah.
2: He, we pretty much use his car as like prototyping and testing and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, and then once uh, we were 100% sure everything was working and good, and then we went into production side of things, which is also very difficult, because honestly making prototype is very easy. Uh, but scaling it up and going into production is actually very difficult. So
1: that sounds daunting as fuck.
2: Yeah, yeah. So once we made the prototype, we're like, oh, that was easy, and we're like, <laughs> all right, we gotta make a bunch of these now. How? Yeah. <laughs> how How is
0: definitely a question. Yeah. Like, did you end up doing making them here or outsourcing that?
2: Uh, so like the oil pan is pretty much made here. Okay. Um, the some of the like components for, um, like the especially like the billet components are uh, made overseas. It gets imported here and then we assemble them here. Okay. Um, Yeah. So you guys are
0: still putting together like the majority of the stuff. Yeah.
2: Pretty much everything's assembled here and we put it together. Um, So, and, um, and because of the pandemic, we also learned that it's better for us to make a lot of stuff in house. Um, Yeah. uh, We had some difficult challenges during pandemic because a lot of the import and export kind of had to stop. So, um, so we focused on. Do um, you think that had a
0: that had a part to do with you guys starting this whole case swap thing, or like was it motivation to start looking? The
2: pandemic at- didn't really have anything to because we already started pe- doing the test uh, prototyping before the pandemic okay. happened. Um, so, but the production side kind of we struggled with because of the pandemic so it kind of forced us to figure out ways to develop parts in-house and make it here yeah because
0: i feel like that part has kind of taken off in mm -hmm. toge factory over the last few years
2: yeah so we're making a lot of stuff in-house our turbo manifolds are made by us uh, headers are made by us oil pan is made by us uh like everything's pretty much like yeah most of the parts are all made here in 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 our shop Yeah, yeah so Damn, I love um, that. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, fucking love it, that so to much. To me, it's
0: like, I'm like, how the hell do you have all this work for a fabricator? <laughs> like, I can't even hire a fabricator full-time. But, yeah, yeah doing all that is, like, yeah. a really good way to do it.
2: Yeah, and then, um, yeah, we, we also have uh, an engineer who actually works for an uh, aerospace company. And he does all the engineering for us. So, um, we, so he's, like, amazing. He's, yeah. He's, he's, um, and he He's into cars and he loves us. So, yeah, he helps us quite a bit with a lot of uh, difficult challenges we have to do uh, as far as like CAD work and engineering. Yeah. So, and then uh, our um, CNC factory overseas, um, you know, people ask us, like, well, why don't you guys get CNC machines and stuff? Because I was like, uh, <laughs> because that means we have to learn all that stuff and, uh, and CNC machines are expensive. Yeah. Our factories have like, six five axis machines and like 10 three axis machines and they have like 30 40 years of experience uh and they can do it way better than us yeah, <laughs> yeah pick your battles I, he <laughs> says he
0: says all this but like we'll see in 10 years if he have <laughs> yeah crazy literally dave's gonna yeah.
1: have yeah. Yeah. dave's gonna learn how to machine overnight watch yeah
2: like. so yeah all of all of our parts are like really high quality like we chose to do like cnc billet parts just because it just looks nice and you know it's There's a quality feel to them and stuff. Because we we could have easily made them um, like stamp steel and stuff. But, yeah. So we try to make it affordable, high quality, uh, also um, durable, long-lasting. So, yeah. That's awesome,
0: dude. It's awesome to see all this stuff. Like, we were basically given a tour earlier, Mm -hmm. and we got to see – well, Carl's obsessed with the the IS-300 out there with the – Well, just because it – I don't know. Pretty interesting. You get to
1: see – it's different when you're looking at it on the internet. Yeah, um, yeah. That's all I was seeing because, like, you can only— s- no one on the East Coast has that. And, like, I'm in the process of a crossroads where I don't really know where to go in terms of a power plant next that's sensible and will work for me.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And now I see that, Yeah. and I'm like— That's another option. Wow, this actually looks really great in here. And, yeah. and then—
2: And it driving it is our thing is— um, I heard it drives great. It drives totally different. It doesn't feel like an IS anymore just because the motor sits so far back. So your whole like dynamics of the, the car changes. Because um, uh, the Jay-Z motors are very long. Oh, uh, yeah. Very heavy. And in the so, IS, it's right up to the front. Yeah, and it's it just, like, makes everything kind of move and shake and handle in a way that's just, like, you know... Uh, but once you swap in the K case uh, motor, it's almost 200 pounds lighter and it's shorter, uh, and everything gets pushed back. It feels more nimble. It just even hitting the bumps on the street just feels different. Like it feels amazing, and and just having a, a motor that just like really f- wants to rev all the time and yeah, so smooth. yeah <laughs> it's just like so nice. Yeah. He's wow. very easily
1: manipulated, so no. yeah, we'll probably end up getting. A K- I series. fucking think in my <laughs> I make my own decisions and I do my own research. Yeah, right. But just just so you know, there's like a sun beaming like right over you when you were describing that and I'm like, I'm like, whoa.
0: I mean, it looks like a good setup and like, yeah, what you said is what they were saying outside mm-hmm. too, so. You I guys mean, yeah. made
1: it so that it appeals to somebody like me where I like, I like, I like the OEM plus mm-hmm. type yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like your silver car. Mm-hmm. Me and Frankie are like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just- like, Little details like the stamp on the valve cover, like oh yeah, yeah. I love stuff like that, and the fact that you guys went the extra mile, your tech out there. I'm sorry, I it, it, the one who was describing the is to me, I totally it's forgot your Scott, name. Yeah. longer but hair, longer hair, yeah, Scott, backwards yeah. hat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Scott. He was describing it to me, and you have a good team here that's just like seems to be passionate about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's great. Next you, yeah, please. We we're gonna yeah, yeah. I just,
0: I'm just gonna ask a couple more things. Um, one question is any particular vision for the future of toge factory that you are working towards, um, maybe something a little bit more specific, I guess like I world know. domination or something. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously, yeah. Uh-huh. but other than that,
2: yeah, uh, it's, it's hard to say because we have to kind of evolve, uh, constantly cause it's always changing. And, um, um, and also just trying to come up with new ideas is, it's, not so easy because yeah. it's hard to yeah see and predict the future because uh, uh, the, the, this aftermarket industry is also kind of trendy as well so um, you kind of have to know your market and where you belong to so um, yeah so we've evolved over the years um, and you know we're always okay with that because we know like to keep going we have to just evolve and you know just find our new calling and niche in our place uh, in the industry so um i can't say for sure but right now our focus is you know pretty much what we're doing now and just continue to evolve and make better parts and uh, make you know the industry exciting for a lot of people and you know keep going, so. you guys are yeah.
1: pioneering so yeah. much cool shit, here, yeah, man. dude, it's really it's really crazy. I'm not gonna mention like, anything because there there might be stuff that I saw today that I'm not supposed to talk <laughs> about, so I'm not gonna mention anything, but you yeah. guys are pioneering some really cool stuff Thank
0: you. Yeah, yeah, I have my own question um yeah. do you do you find that you guys do more shop work or more like like customer car stuff or more like r and d stuff now in the shop
2: uh it's so yeah, because you did have think, a couple cars in there. Yeah, right now, uh, because it's summertime, we have a lot of like daily appointments for minor stuff. And, um, and we don't have too many crazy projects right now that we're doing R&D. Um, we don't have too many big projects in the pipeline. So uh, there's not too many things that we're doing. But maybe like two years ago, uh, we almost had to like, Close our shop schedule so we could focus on R and D. We so much testing and prototyping, so it just depends. Yeah. Um, so, but then you know we kind of need to generate revenue at the shops, but you kind of also have to think of it this way because we're all one company. If we spend the right amount of time and effort into R and D, the parts that we develop from it can pay back for the time spent in R and D. So you kind of have to know how, how to balance that. Yeah. So um, right now, yeah, we're not doing too much R&D. Um, we, we do have some stuff that we're doing, like testing and you know fitting and stuff, but nothing too crazy okay. right, right now. Yeah, because so, yeah, I know it's
0: like a trend with certain shops, um, and Juku comes to mind, uh, where it's like they seem like they Did a lot of shop cars or customer cars, and then like they backed off a little bit. And then I don't even know if they work on customer cars anymore, but they don't, yeah. Yeah. So it's always like that part because, like, in my business, we're I would say it's split down the middle right now with part sales. And
2: yeah, with Njuku, I think, um, uh, I I, because I talked to the owner, Ken, Mm -hmm. and stuff, Uh, I don't think it was generating enough revenue for them, and also, um, they're just doing way better in selling parts yeah so and ken's a very smart businessman i respect him for that um so i think you know it's hard to say exactly what's going on over there but i think um yeah they made the right decision yeah Yeah, because i think they're doing exceptional with what they're doing so yeah it's so
0: interesting to see like all of our businesses are similar in ways but then Also, totally different. Yeah, they can be taken in a totally different direction and still, you know, grow and be successful. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Okay. You just
2: have to find the right balance, I think. And you just have to know how to balance it and when to do it. Yeah. Those are the important things. And then I think the main thing as a business owner is when to say no and when to know how to, like, stop. Because a lot of businesses that um, struggle, they hold on to things that aren't doing any good for them and they want to keep doing it because it's what they've been doing and sometimes it's what they what um those are the things that got them successful to just keep holding on to it yeah but what i learned is that it's better to just let certain things go if it's not helping you and and find new ways or better ways to do it or evolve and do something else that's going to benefit you uh in the future because yeah if if it's not doing you any good like what's good you to gotta hold on to you it, have yeah. to like
0: step back and look at it from a different perspective because sometimes you're yeah. just in it too deep yeah know. yeah
2: the hardest thing as a business owner is, is when to say no and yeah when to stop yeah, yeah i'm lucky that i don't have that
0: that problem i feel like I, if i don't want to do something yeah I'm like oh. very like <laughs> you're quick yeah like i i already see the future with this mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. let's just cut this now yeah. we're not going to do it like yeah respectively like yeah, yeah. that's good that's good yeah. um but great advice uh Matt from Bayside says, um, well, he asked about Origin. Like, how'd you get hooked up with Origin so early? We got that entire story. Totally. Off, which was yeah. awesome. Which yeah. is way
1: more than I could
2: have asked.
0: Yeah. For. And then uh, the second part was it was was about uh, how did Stance happen? Could you just give me a quick little thing with Stance?
2: Yeah, sure. So after I uh, had the big break with Origin and once that got, got going, uh, yeah. And then I also started feeling like I need to do more, so okay. I was like, uh, at the time, I was actually trying to start up a wheel company. <laughs> oh, what the okay. fuck? So it wasn't even for the suspension? At <laughs> first. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. So um, I was like trying to start a wheel company because I thought, you know, um, that will be good business. I mean, a lot of to businesses into. do that. Yeah. But as soon as I started looking into wheels, I was like, oh, okay, this is not so easy. <laughs> And then, but I was going to a lot of like trade shows and stuff overseas. And um, basically uh, I was at a trade show and uh, there was like a small booth and uh, this company had like a bunch of dampers, you know, out on the table. And I instantly recognized it because I was importing so many coilovers from Japan, uh, from used market before. And what I recognized was uh, the dampers, uh, the the dampers I saw was K-Office. And okay. If you know K-Office, they they used to be the best coilover brand in Japan uh, in like uh, early 2000. I had uh, K-Office
1: coilovers. Oh, you oh, did? Really? They were like my first set of coilovers ever. I bought them off of another car. I didn't know what they were. They were green. The springs were green and yeah, yeah. I think the color was green and gold. Yeah. And I literally was like coilovers, I'll give you 400 got <laughs> the coilovers and yeah. then I was like, "What kind of coilovers are these? Look it up,
2: look it up." K office, yeah. What the fuck? Some J shit. And that's I cool. drove it
1: like that. I drove yeah. it all over, up and down the East Coast like that, dude. Yeah,
2: very high quality. Yeah, very respected company. And pretty much everyone uh, in Japan in early two thousands were running K office. So yeah. Uh, but not sure exactly what happened. I, I, I mean, I've I've heard stories from many people, but it's never confirmed. So, uh, but the company just disappeared overnight, uh, and that's when I was actually at the trade show and the factory was looking for a new buyer at the time. And basically uh, I was there and I recognized the dampers and I was like, K office. And he's like, Nope. And I was like, K office. He's like, Oh, no. like, K office. I know. <laughs> so, so that was like the supplier, and then, I guess. Right. Yeah, that way? was a factory. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, I'm a businessman. Here's a business card. I'm going to come back tomorrow. Check out my website. Come back tomorrow. They're like, K office. <laughs> 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 and i'm like i'm interested <laughs> that's awesome and then um yeah and then basically i told them to build me a sample set for s13 i brought it back to confirm make sure it, it was actually you know good and i put it on i'm like oh i know this feeling because yeah i've tested it before and i was like damn this is good so yeah that's how i started and at, that's crazy and this was like 2005 um and this was when coilvers were still kind of like getting into the market but people were like oh, you don't need coilvers you you can do same thing with and spring. springs oh, and KIB shocks and stuff and and um and also the Tane I think just entered the market and like Tane flexes were selling for like 2000 something so it was like Are you really? Yeah, yeah cuz I had like, those two. <laughs> yeah so it was, it was and uh, at the time GIC Magic uh, yeah. was was also around but they were also around like that's an older one right yeah they were also very expensive so most of the coilovers were unattainable for most kids so i wanted um a coilover that was and and then and then you had the option of megan racing so uh and then we i tested megan racing just because some of our customers wanted it and as soon as i tested i'm like this is hot garbage like this is so bad um (laughs) So I wanted to basically like, I was like, yeah, I want to have my own brand of suspension that I could offer to customers and not sell them junk and stuff that just like makes you get brain damage, you know? And (laughs) and it actually works, you know? And, and, but I didn't know anything about suspension. So I was like, I had to trust the factory because they needed to supply me the right parts. But as soon as I hooked up with the factory and I knew they had all this experience with K office and, many other uh, OG Japanese companies. I was like, yeah, these guys know what they're doing. So um, then basically from there, um, yeah, I basically um, had to come up with a brand name and uh, my ex-employee at the time, we were all just like brainstorming. And that was the one word that, you know, they were kind of coming up with it because it was like stance was like not a thing. Yeah, yeah. And, And basically, we thought it was a really good name for a suspension. And we kind of were the reasons why this whole stance word became a thing because um, once I introduced the suspension, um, people were blown away at the price point and the quality and the performance. So all the cars, are 240s are being featured on cover of Super Street Magazine had our suspension. So um, it coined the term of stance cars because all the 240s that, had our suspension were super low wide body perfect wheel fitment looks super aggressive and drives and drives so people are like that's a S- stance car you know yeah a couple of years later you know stance works and um oh yeah uh, what is the other website us um, uh,
1: stance nation stance oh, nation yeah. Uh, yeah. holy shit they, that
2: they just like came out and then i was like what what is this yeah yeah and then it had like Volkswagen's with like stupid wheel fitment <laughs> and like you know these like uh, cars with like ten degrees of camera. I'm like, mm, I don't know about this. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. And then now the the word stands had this like pronoun and adjective and verb whatever. Like yeah. You could use yeah. And basically, it went from like really like cool cars with like you know having our suspension to like walk swing with yep. ten degrees of camber. So, um, so there was like yeah. That kind of trend kind of yeah. bother you that that happened in a way. Yeah, yeah, I think um, it it was like mixed emotions a little bit because yeah, like we were all about supplying uh, quality parts, but uh, some new customers were like, "Oh, so your suspension is for like, stance car? Yeah, stance car, which was like, you know, that's crazy." Yeah, so,
0: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I know what you're saying, but like. In my head, I don't even think of that anymore. But when I started and mm. I heard stance, I mm. did think like yeah, that. Yeah. I was like, stance? So that's like, why is it called stance? Like, yeah. right away you think like yeah. that. But I think you guys are taking back the ownership of that word yeah.
1: slowly. Yeah. like it's. I think now it's but, so much more renowned mm-hmm. that yeah.
2: stance is a coilover. Yeah. Yeah. So... But, yeah, like, and Naoki
1: and all that stuff,
0: like, I'm sure you, I'm sure that could go on for another hour. But, like, yeah. that whole relationship was pretty awesome, too. Yeah,
2: basically, Takatori was a driver for, uh, was it D1GP or Formula D? I can't remember. But he was f- coming into U.S. to drive for a U.S. team. And the car had our suspension on it, which I was sponsoring. Because I was, like, like, they told me that it was a Takatori driver from D1GP driving. I'm, like, oh, hell, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to yeah. sponsor this car. Then Takatori drove the car and and he was actually really like um, happy with the car and how it handled. And then um, and then I guess he asked you know about the the coilover company and all the stuff and price point. He's like, actually I want to sell this in Japan. So he got in contact with me and I was like, yeah, let's do it. And that's awesome. That's how that relationship formed. And then um, and Takatori is considered uh, OG in Osaka area. So Naoki is, like, um, looks up to Takatori. So, basically, uh, that relationship kind of happened naturally. Well, not naturally, because Takatori initially didn't like Naoki. Because I, <laughs> I, 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 Takatori, in the beginning, had this, like, bad image. Because, um, yeah, he would street drift and get arrested okay, all the time. that's what I was and, thinking. And he would show up to drift events, like, Still dressed in his work clothes, uh, <laughs> like with his hair, like all crazy looking and stuff. So he wasn't sponsorable. So no one sponsored him. And yeah. I was like, I don't care. Like his driving is nuts. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, we have to get this guy, you know? And then I told Tucker, like, can you just go have dinner and just talk to him and see if he's crazy or not? If he's not crazy, can we just sponsor him? And he's like, it's <laughs> like, fine, I'll do it.
0: I, so, I've heard that before. about yeah, him.
2: Yeah. And then he went to have dinner. He's like, Dave. Luke is really nice guy and he's not crazy. Yeah. He's just stupid sometimes, you know. And <laughs> I was like <laughs> He's he just like he's just like yeah, like he literally goes to work and then goes to toge or street drifting till like 5 in the morning and then he takes the same car to competition and shows up. That's why he's still dressed in yeah. you know, work clothes and he's a painter so <laughs> he got this like bell bottom pants Yeah, and, you know, he's like his shirts all paint stained and stuff so it's like everyone's looking at him like I don't want to sponsor this guy i don't care how good he is in japan but yeah. i was like i'm all about that dude i don't it, care like
0: he always had like a myth about him because it was like oh didn't he get kicked out of d1 for street drifting yeah, yeah that's a true sorry like, yeah yeah
2: in, in in japan if you get uh arrested uh, for street drifting you're i think you get your t- license taken away for two years or something so, yeah and he he would get his license back and then he would get caught again and he would get he would get banned and then you would get caught again and yep. come back and so now... And now. then like, I
0: remember when uh, Julian and all of them had him come out and we all had this like myth about like, oh, that guy's like the street drifter that got, you know, yeah. canceled and everything and then like, they go. What was it, Irwindale or something? And mm-hmm. they had like a booth, and then he just starts doing a fucking standing burnout in his car. Like they all yeah. start doing it, and they all get kicked out. Yeah, I was, I was like, gonna dude, say. This I is feel perfect. like I remember
1: them getting in trouble for that. <laughs> yeah. was, I've I heard that there. story. I was there. Oh, you were? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I had nothing to do with it. By the way, <laughs> nothing. Yeah,
0: dude, that was the best. Like that moment was amazing for yeah. for grassroots. There, there's there's a backstory. With, yeah, I heard some yeah, of it.
2: There is, there is some butting heads before that happened. And yeah, basically. Uh, um yeah something happened with formula d and yeah they they didn't like some things about how like the whole setup was i think or i don't know I don't yeah remember, yes. but basically it was kind of like to say f you to formula d so they just like their burnout they're like we're gonna get kicked out anyway so we just gotta do a burnout <laughs> yeah. and leave." so they just their burnout and they just left and i was like my God! What you're like this is do? the guy I'm sponsoring. I'm <laughs> yeah, like, what do they just do? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, That's
0: so funny, man. I love stories like that. Yeah. Um. Last questions from TF Works themselves, which is you. Uh, will Dave drive a final bout? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> one, wow,
0: one of your, your employees.
1: It <laughs> hey, be your own. Yeah, I'll be
0: driving. Oh shit! Ooh, that's really? awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> Can't wait for that. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, you've. Probably already missed Final Bout or you saw it, but yeah. this will come out afterwards. So uh, make do sure you, have... you check some videos. Oh, hold
1: on. Wait, wait, wait. Do you have any final words that you would like to share with our listeners or anything like that?
0: No, no. This was fun.
2: So, yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe we can do like you know, another one because a hundred percent. I
0: right. was going to just say that right now. Yeah. Cause we only touched, this is like the tip of the iceberg, dude. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much more to talk about. So yeah. yeah. If you, if you're up up for that, a hundred percent, like sure. whenever we're in town, we'll, we're coming. We'll, yeah. yeah we'll but come we're back. taking my truck next time. Mm, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much, man. Yeah, I appreciate
1: no it. Nah, no, yeah. Oh, wow. Dave, it really means a lot to hear again, to be able to talk to you, somebody sure. who's quite reputable. You've seen some shit. <laughs> and yeah. like me being a younger person, not that you would be my daddy or anything like that, <laughs> but could be, you yeah. could, Could be. but I don't know, to hear it from somebody who had their own experiences and stuff like that, it, 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 it hits a little different. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. You, you know how much you mean to me. I don't need to say it on air. All right, yeah. Don't get cry out of here. again. Frankly, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we got one more for you in case you guys are going to keep on. This, we got uh, two more. Do we? Yep. All right. Two more. Yep. Um, <laughs> But thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Faction After Hours with Dave from Toge Factory and good night. Good night. (laughs) All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that one. Thanks to
0: Dave again for letting us do this. Uh, We were, I was watching the clock the entire time. I'm pretty sure Carl was too because we didn't want to take up too much time. It seemed like Dave had, you know, somewhere to be. So, but, you know, we just kept going with the stories and he was telling us how he got started and hey, man, it ended up being two hours. Dave didn't seem to mind and we wrapped it up anyway a little earlier just to get out of there and me and dave started talking while we were leaving at the door and before you know it we were having another 40-minute conversation so i i honestly can't thank dave enough for all the information he shared with us in this podcast and with me in general over the years um i take everything he says to me and all the information he gives me with great consideration given what he's been through and what he what he has accomplished in his life If you guys want to support toge factory in any way you can visit tf-works.com that's where you'll find basically everything they do they got stance suspension on deck they got origin lab parts on deck they get pretty much anything for an s chassis over there so if you're in the chicago area and you need parts quick make sure to, to visit toge factory and please check out our sponsors If you haven't already, automotive specialty wraps and East Coast Drift School, make sure to check them out. And if you need any of their services, you'll see where to contact them below in the show notes. Stay tuned for episode four, our final episode from our final bout journey. Thanks for listening.